This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 106. I'm Nick Howell. And feeling like Big Daddy Viscera after eating all my Thanksgiving food yesterday, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, (laughs) and welcome back to the show. We had a, uh, I don't know, man, I thought it was a bit of a lackluster uh, week, fallout week of WWE programming after Survivor Series this yeah. week and TakeOver. I, we we're going to have to discuss that for sure. I, th- I was a little let down by some of the angles this week. Um, I, I thought that there was a lot of potential, but I felt like there was a few things that didn't quite hit the mark. But we definitely have a lot of stuff to discuss, whether it's Charlotte or Daniel Bryan or Dean and Seth, uh, what happened with Braun Strowman. We got a lot of stuff to get to today, Nick. So yeah, we're starting we, early, building towards TLC. Got a yeah, lot of stuff going on there, we, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff coming up. We're 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 getting ready for the end of the year, and 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 then of course, as soon as the year starts next year, we're the road to WrestleMania is on the way. But before we get into all that, why don't you get, go and do some housekeeping here for us, please, yes. sir? As always, you can join us over in the Facebook discussion group. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Send us a join request and get in there for some fun times. Discussion threads every week on the major paper or uh, the major WWE shows. Uh, all kinds of good stuff there. You can also follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Hit us up on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash busted wide open. Hit that subscribe button and make sure you also tick the little notification bell to be alerted anytime we put up new videos or go live, which we'll be, be doing again very soon. Yeah, you're the almost set up there. Today. Yes. Oh, I got a weekend project for, for after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Speaking of which, happy Thanksgiving to everyone, or more better yet, happy Black Friday to everyone. Ew. Uh, as has become celebrated around the world as Consumerism Day. Is it, uh, ce- is it celebrated around the world, or is it, is I, it just... I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've, I posted a video a few seconds ago of, of the stampede rolling into Target at 5 a.m. Oh, this morning. God. And, you know, I, I don't know. Nothing will ever make me want to do that, and I question 
I, I question people that are willing to sell, put themselves through that as, as to how are you even a human being? Well, you know what, Nick? Just, I'll tell you one thing. If people want to spend their money, I can think of plenty better things to spend their money on, like our Patreon, for example. Yes! If people want to support this show, patreon.com forward slash BWO. A couple different tiers. You can for the, for the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you can help support this show, plus be involved with our listener questions and uh, higher tiers and get swag and bonus episodes, et cetera, et cetera. So check that out, patreon.com forward slash BWO and help keep your show, your boys on the air and doing this thing that we love to do so much, Mr. Nick. Yes. Well, as you mentioned, it was a rather mellow week uh, coming off of a, one of the four major pay-per-views. You, you expect a little bit more fallout, but Maybe it was a little bit too mellow. I, I, I don't know. know. What well, do you think? We, we got to talk about it for sure. I mean, maybe it was, maybe it was Thanksgiving and and everyone was just kind of packing it in for the holiday. I don't know. Tryptophan strikes again. Uh, <laughs> it was like pre-tryptophan. But yeah. uh, you know, if we're really going to discuss it, let's go on over and talk about Monday Night Raw. Well, we open up Monday Night Raw with Baron Corbin coming out to talk about everything that went down at Survivor Series and to gloat about their clean sweep. Spoiler alert, quote in case unquote. you haven't seen Survivor Series yet. Qu- yeah, quote air quotes, clean sweep. Uh-huh. Followed by Stephanie McMahon coming out to congratulate Baron on his clean sweep at Survivor Series. Not too shortly followed by the monster among men, Braun Strowman coming out to claim his winnings for basically orchestrating the 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 victory of this men's survivor for, for being the match. guy who pinned four other people like four right. out of the five <laughs> other people like one after the other too just pop 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 uh yeah no so braun wanted to get his his comeuppance too what he was owed from stephanie which was a match with baron corbin where he got to pick the stipulations and another title shot at brock lesnar stephanie immediately gave them to him uh saying yeah you can get corbin at tlc and you get brock at royal rumble good grief uh but she did say you only get brock if you can beat baron corbin at tlc Mm. twist i like that because otherwise i was not going to be excited for this match with corbin at all i personally i was uh, stakes 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 go a long way stakes and weights but no this is uh so that's that was a good idea i thought there with booking wise the other thing I thought that was good booking-wise was because Braun gets to pick the stipulations, it is TLC. We could end up with a pretty fun match. It's going to be a tables, tables, ladders, and chairs match, as they announced on this show here. But then we were booked into a, mm, shall we call it a Survivor Series hangover match, where we had uh, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, and Elias versus Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and uh, Baron Corbin in a uh, Survivor Series-style match. If you're, if you're pinned or submitted, you were eliminated. And Braun soon found himself alone against all three other guys because Finn and Elias went out pretty quickly. Like chumps. Like chumps. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. At least they were in the match with all of the big, you know, headliners. So there is, there is they're that. They're arguably at the top of the card now. I they're mean, just, here's Finn and Elias that have been treading water for the last year. All of a sudden, here we go. Well, they're in the picture. Uh, Elias especially has jumped up the card a long way. Finn's kind of been circling around this for a while, but he has definitely been the, the guy who puts over the top guys. Right. They do that again here. So Braun's alone, and the all three of the other guys start picking the bones. They start beating the crap out of him, end up, quote-unquote, injuring his elbow. Uh, I believe it was Corbin who took the stairs while Lashley was holding a, a, a bronze arm with a belt 
on the other stairs and he smashed them together and ooh, it was scary. Uh, that being said, Braun looks like he actually did bust his elbow open in this segment at some point. So there was blood everywhere. And then uh, Braun was on the floor doing a really good job of selling the elbow. Uh, the way he was saying, I can't feel my fingers. I cannot move my fingers. He said it. I, I thought it was really well done on his part. It did sound real. It sounded chilling. It sounded like he dropped the character to do it, which would probably be pretty scary if we didn't know how worked it was. That being yeah. said, he is out with a legit elbow injury. He does have. Some, I heard it was bone spurs. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I believe was the re- what I read. It's nothing that serious. Apparently, they think he should be able to be back by TLC, definitely yeah. by the Rumble. But of course, if he can't be back by TLC and he doesn't win the Corbin match, he doesn't get Brock. So they have they've left themselves a lot of options here. They left a, a lot of options open for themselves, which is smart. You know, if Braun's surgery does not go well, if they have a bad timeline on it, they can adjust things as need be. Uh, but if everything goes well, then they can go ahead with whatever plans they have for him and Corbin at TLC. Now, I have I have all the confidence in the world that it's just going to be. I mean, remember he had a separated bicep or torn bicep or something earlier this year or late last year that he quickly recovered from in about six weeks. Well, a quote, from, a quote, from unquote. everything I've read so far, they they're kayfabe selling this as a shattered elbow, yes. which is completely a work. But for everything I'm hearing, it's going to be a quick little arthroscopic incision just to take arthritis-style bone spurs out of his elbow. It's, it's, it's outpatient surgery. Yeah, exactly. And, and, of course, it'll make it seem much more heroic when he comes back from this oh, of course. shattered elbow and he's able to... It'll be all wrapped yeah, up yeah, yeah. and you'll be, you know, and Corbin be will, fighting from Corbin behind. Corbin will target it and it'll actually yeah, make, yeah, it yeah. Up, make it a competitive match, but then Braun will heroically win. So, no, cool, fine. All of that is fine. It, it, Braun does seem to be at least somewhat back on track uh, the way he was before he had to turn to face Roman. But that being said, it means we're going to be out of a, a monster among men for a couple of weeks, theoretically. I mean, if it is a really easy outpatient procedure, he could conceivably be back on TV with a bandaged arm as early as next week, although I think it'd be smarter for them to keep him out for a couple of weeks. You only have until December 16th for TLC, so you know you can, you can pace it out a little bit. You only got a couple of weeks yeah. to, to do this, so that's fine. But that being said, who picks up the slack while he's gone? Is it Finn and Elias? To pick up the slack, or have they been too damaged at this point? Like we were saying, they're kind of the the people who put over the big biggest guys. I don't know if I'm looking at it from that angle. I'm looking at it as what are the bad guys going to do while the monster's away? So I'm wondering if they're going to take and establish the authority stuff that I've been thinking they're going to do while he's gone for two to three weeks before we get to TLC, because that'll just amp up the things uh, against Corbin, McIntyre, and Lashley and all of that stuff by the time we get to TLC. It, it's while the cat's away, the mice will play kind of thing? That's kind of what I'm thinking, and they just don't really have the level of opposition anymore you know, because Finn and Elias right. can't stand up to them. But it, it does seem like they're doing almost like a hybrid thing where it's not the authority. You know what I mean? Corbin is not the authority. Stephanie's not directly against Braun. She's just there to kind of arbitrate. She's being a little bit more neutral, which I like. That's good. That's smart. That's I would rather have her be that way and have Corbin be the real dick here and have him get all the heat as opposed to Stephanie. Every time she rolls in is just, you know, making these dumb decisions and making her talent look bad in, in reality, not just in kayfabe. So here's what I'm hung up on, though. I want Baron Corbin to be the GM. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't. How do we do that and get Braun? If he loses the, the match, match, he's not the GM. He loses that opportunity. Right. If he wins the match, he's the permanent GM. That was another stipulation that she made. So, yeah. So yeah, I, I I would like to see him stay in this role. Obviously, there's lots of ways around them doing all of this. Braun could lose at at TLC to Corbin, 
but then fight his way back to a match with Brock at Royal Rumble. Or Brock might yeah, not we'll, even we'll have, have a match. We'll have another six weeks to go by the, to get to uh, Royal Rumble yeah. at the end of January. I, I, so. I think it's too early to have another Braun Strowman Brock Lesnar match myself, unless they're planning on taking that belt off of Lesnar before he goes to UFC. You know, I don't. We, no one knows what his timing is on UFC with USADA and everything else he's got to get through. So it's quite. Possible. I heard signing in January yeah. as a loose target. We'll see what happens we'll see. between Dana and White then, and, and everything else. Once he's signed, how long till a match? A month, six sure. months? Who knows? So it it really is going to depend on a lot of ephemerals that aren't known right now. So there's a lot of openings right here that they could do at the top of their card, which is fantastic. It means that it's it is going to be more interesting as things go forward. Unfortunately. That was, I thought, the strongest stuff on Monday Night Raw. The second half of Monday Night Raw was taken up with Dean and Seth. Dean Ambrose, of course, recently turning heel on Seth and not really giving a legitimate explanation for it. It's kind of dancing around the whole thing, but you can kind of read between the lines a little bit, which I don't really want to. I actually, the more he talks, the less I like heel Dean Ambrose, the more I think he's trying hard. And that was just my take on it this week where Seth once again called him out. They have a match at TLC, but Seth couldn't wait. He called Dean Ambrose out to the ring. Dino showed up on the Tron and said, I don't owe you a damn thing, but hey, I'm around in the arena. Come find me. And then for the next hour and a half, Seth's chasing Dean around backstage in like a little hide-and-go-seek thing that was, I thought, really silly. And in some parts made Seth Rollins look like an idiot, and in some parts made Dean Ambrose look like, I don't even know, I don't even know what to call it. Like, what would you, like, the way he was like, huh? I'm the I'm the evil mastermind. You can't find me. And there's like a scene where Seth's being interviewed in the foreground, and Dean like sneaks by in the background, and it was just like it was it was borderline Monty Python, Benny Hill. Because all I heard in my head when they were chasing each other around, yep, exactly, exactly. It was good, and that awful little bit where Seth threatens and beats up the security guards who obviously never graduated high school acting classes. You know, it was the whole thing was just. It was it was poorly done, and it was a bad idea because I thought it, it really cooled off this feud, which should just be hot. And the real the 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 biggest controversial part about this was in that first bit when Dean's up on the Tron. He says, "You know, the Shield weren't really the good guys we were made out to be. We did a lot of bad things. We don't know what he means by that. It could just have been a throwaway line, but he then turned it around, and says we're all going to get what's coming to us." I mean, Roman, look at Roman. He's going to have to answer to the man upstairs now, which nobody really liked. Mm. Yeah, no one really liked that. It was immediately caught onto on social media. The people in the in the center didn't like it. And even Dean later in the show was like, oh, you people didn't like that line, huh? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's it's cheap heat to me. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's kind of a dumb line. It wasn't necessary. They're obviously going to keep using the Roman thing to get Dean the heat. But I don't know. I thought it was cheap. It didn't really do anything I just, for me. I want to call back to um, when earlier this year when Ciampa first arrived in the middle of a Gargano promo and hit him in the back with a crutch. And then we went on for the next what felt like six months of just interfering with each other and getting each other's way very strategically and almost in a mastermind level. Like, Why are we doing what we're doing with Dean and Seth? Again, I'm coming down on this... It's a very immature, yeah. and, and we've, we've harped on Vince for doing this kind of stuff a lot. 
in, in the past. And it's just his MO and his, his kind of trademark of just what's going on, man. Why are you doing this stuff when you look over what's going on in NXT yeah. right now with one of the, arguably one of the best feuds ever? I had a bit of a shower thought about that this week, and that was that okay. I think that sometimes we have you know, we get this perception of WWE as being for us, right? And we're we're a little bit you and I are a little bit longer term fans, but there's fans in their twenties, thirties, forties, etc. But there's also a lot of fans who are in their teens and younger. And I think Vince is still trying to play mostly for the kids. And for the longest time, you know, with the exceptions of late into the attitude era when he realized that the twenty to thirties male demographic was going to be his strongest demographic. And then even, I think, part of the latter half of Ruthless Aggression era, where he was trying to kind of do the same thing until Benoit forced him to go PG, I think a lot like his his default, his when he's left to his own devices and just doesn't care, he will play to the kids, right? He plays to the kids, whether it's Hulk Hogan or the gobbledygooker or whatever. So I think it's easier for me to kind of wrap my head around main roster WWE. If I look at Raw primarily as being for a 13 to 14 year old boy and now arguably girl as well. I think they're starting to turn the ship and more in that direction as well. SmackDown being for maybe like a 17 year old, but then NXT being for like 20s and 30s, right? They're built for different audiences. And I think that might even be the mentality of the people who are doing creative on the show. If I assume that's what they're trying for, I can accept what's going on on the show a lot better. They're not trying to hit... It starts to make a little They're not sense. trying to hit a more sophisticated audience with some of this stuff, whether intentionally yeah. or not. They can get away with it because it's more of a non-sophisticated audience, perhaps. Uh, but, you know, they are still getting a lot of backlash from the more sophisticated audience, which is tuning out of the show, dropping their ratings, not buying as much of the house shows. Moving so they're on seeing to the that. indies, you moving know. on to the indies, moving on to NXT, whatever it is. So I, I, when I look at that way, this segment was fine. If, if I'm a 14 year old, but you know, I'm not, I'm quite a bit older than that. And this segment made me roll my eyes. So yeah, it's just too bad because I think that there is a way there is a way to serve both masters, to serve both audiences. And I think that, that, that WWE in the past at certain times has done that, though not consistently. And I think that there are products out there that do do that. But this was an example of where they just were not being sophisticated with the whole angle. So I, I think, I, think I, 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 over, I, I, I spent too much time on something too simple, but yeah, you know. Well, I don't. I don't. I'm not done with this yet. I don't. I haven't completely cooled off on it. I don't want to oh, throw no. in the towel on it yet. No, I, no. I have a hope that this will turn into something great because I think it has the potential to with these two guys. Sure, I don't. Uh, think especially with Roman totally. out of the picture, we yeah. know that there's going to be no reunions or Roman back stuff or any one of him back in one or the other. Blah blah blah. This can be a pure set, which we never got. We well. There was a time at the top uh, between the Intercontinental Belt and the WWE Championship. I, I think there was a time where he and Dean, but they never truly had a legitimate feud. And, Seth and, and I, Dean? I think Seth and Dean. Oh yeah, they absolutely did. But Seth was Seth was the the heel, the chicken shit cowardly heel, and Dean was the crazy face. You know, there's the was, there was the money in the bank the whole time they were money in the bank. When Seth was money in the bank, remember? And Dean was like spraying with mustard and crap like that. Uh, so the, yeah, there there was a feud. But again, I don't think the dynamic of that feud is very good either. And this one, I, I agree. They, I think you bring up a good one. Obviously, it's you know recent memory is is the easiest things to go for. But there's something to be said for a Gargano Champa feud. Former brothers 
turned arch enemies. That really is a, a really direct correlation to this feud. And you look at how dastardly Ciampa was and how, you know, naive, like how sweet and innocent Johnny was and where they've gone with that since then. It's a fascinating arc. And, you know, they've, it's not like they've never copied stuff from themselves before. I'm not saying they do it, you know, note for note, but they can definitely look at some of the beats, the story beats of that angle and go, you know, that really worked. It really worked to have the heel do this yeah. or the face do this and react in this way. You know, so I think they could look at that and really heat up this feud quickly. And they've, they've got another couple of weeks, and I feel like they should have had this match yesterday. But especially if they're going to build it up like this, like this is not making me more excited. Like they need to get this hot quickly. And it's not feeling hot right now. And having, having Dean say mean things and dumb things about Roman is not going to heat this up. It's just going to no. make people roll their eyes and piss them off. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of loosely treading water on this one right now. I haven't given up on it, but I'm, I, yeah. I'm not holding out a lot of hope for it right now either. <laughs> the, plane, the plane is shaking. It's yeah. not going down yet, but it's a shaking. Speaking of pissing yep. people off, Nia Jax. Nia Jax had a match with Tamina against Bailey and Sasha Banks. Uh, they are still, they are driving that ship straight into the heat on Nia Jax for, for busting up Becky Lynch's face. You're going to have to boy. talk me through this In- one because I actually skipped it because the sheer sight of, of, of no Nia way. Jax teaming up with <laughs> none other than Tamina <laughs> is is so repulsive oh. to me as as a smarky wrestling fan. I just didn't even watch it. Plus, whatever they've done to oh. crater Bailey and Sasha's careers on Monday Night Raw, I, I'm, I am oh so over God. it at this point, I didn't even watch it. So be my guest. Uh, you're so worked. I love it. Um, yeah, so this was actually, I, here's the thing. You didn't watch it. This was actually a pretty fun match. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. I hate to say it. It was actually, it was a little brawl. It was pretty, I actually did not have a bad time watching this. You had Alexa Bliss on commentary being snarky. She was on her game. Uh, and it this was a pretty stiff match. Actually, Bailey got pretty hard, uh, on Tamina at a few points. And then uh, as soon as, of course, as soon as Nia tags in, she was like, I don't know. I was not the, I guess it's a hot tag technically because she's, she just, they, they tease tagging her as soon as she gets tagged. Boo! Boo! Um, and then finally, it ends up with Nia Jax. She's on the outside. Tamina's in the inside. And there was a distraction. And sure enough, Nia uses a KO punch, a big show style knockout punch to uh, hit, to hit Bailey. And then uh, gets a Samoan drop. One, two, three. So, yeah, looks like uh, looks like Naya. They can't see it, but I'm sitting over here it just wasn't... shaking my SMH, guys. SMH. You're so angrily, so angrily, steamily shaking your head. It was, so now it wasn't a finishing move. They didn't have her knock her out in a finishing move. She did have to do a finishing move afterwards. But they are still absolutely tweaking people that were pissed off about the whole Naya thing in every way they possibly dear, can. Dear Lacey Evans, please come up with a new finishing move. <laughs> Maybe that's why they don't have Naya do it, is that they're looking at Lacey and going, well, we can't have two. No, she'd be on the main roster already if they were, quote, looking at her. No, uh, I don't know. Vince doesn't know she exists yet. <laughs> if he knew, he'd get her up here right now, damn yeah. it. Give her the yeah. belt. Give her, give her all of the belts. Right. Um, so now here's the problem. So we also have a, a, a program going with Ronda Rousey and Nia. 
Do you think this this added heat on Nia will help the program with Ronda Rousey? Because like the crowd kind of turned a little bit on Ronda with this whole Charlotte and Becky thing. Like they're you they're not one hundred percent behind Ronda anymore. I, I was I'm gonna admit something at the d- potential detriment of my entire hatred of Nitra, uh, Nia. I was Uh-oh. actually kind of into the um, David and Goliath kind of story around Nia and Ronda Rousey earlier this year. Especially with the addition of Tamina, where you, now you have a, a heel faction uh, of Giants. Well, no, Okay, let's leave Tamina out of it right now. I'm just saying, visually, I, I hear from, you. from an aesthetic standpoint. Sure. She, she's a nice, large, just bruiser piece she to have She and Nia look corner. like the female Brothers of Destruction. They can't yes. wrestle like them, but they, they look like them. Uh, go ahead. Okay. So, so the point I was trying to get out was that I was kind of into the Nia Ronda thing earlier this summer. Okay, yes. I thought it would be an interesting way, but this was before Ronda was champion, and I thought it would be an interesting... The constant thing was, can she break her loose and get her into the arm bar? And uh, they were playing that story up. And I, I liked the idea of the tiny little Ronda Rousey trying to defeat this you know, very large superstar in, in, in someone who is as built to be as, as strong as she is and insurmountable as she is. Fine, I was in... On, I'm not falling for it again. I, I'm, not, I'm not as excited <laughs> about it because they did... F all with it this summer, and it ended up just being about Ronda Rousey. I mean, and- to be fair, counterpoint, that's kind of been most of Nia's major feuds where she's a heel, and she was kind of the like the weird suddenly turned bully heel this summer. But if you look at like her and Bailey in NXT, her and Asuka, it's always been the can the little girl take down this monster by using submissions or whatever it is, right? This is this is the playbook, and it does work. When it works, it works. But that is the playbook. And so I think especially that they had to one up it. And that's where Tamina comes in. They had to make it that next level of scary. We've seen Ronda beat Nia one on one. Can yes. she beat both of these monsters? I don't know. I mean, throw throw Ronda and Nia into a TLC match. Let's see what happens when you when you introduce all kinds of weaponry and Ooh. stuff that kind of even the game a little bit. You Man, have my attention. Especially after the beating that Ronda took this last Sunday from Charlotte Flair with those weapons. Uh, seeing Ronda in a weapons match now is very intriguing to me because obviously she is down to take some hits, pay some dues, and get some get some marks because she came out, Ronda Rousey came out on this Raw and showed off her scars of battle from the Charlotte Charlotte beat match. the shit out of her guys. Charlotte be- beat her like they a were- government mule. They were showing uh, still pictures of the kendo sticks bent and wrapped uh, around her. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, Rhonda. Rhonda had a YouTube video of her just like showing all these welts all over her body. It's actually really funny because that is totally that is such a wrestler or combat person thing. You remember? How, I mean, Mick Foley was was legendary for this. Was like he always loved getting color because he loved to, you know pick, someone take a picture of me or say hey, check this out. It's part of it. Like you show off your wounds of battle and it's like, dude, check this out. I got hit so hard. Wow, this is crazy. I totally get that. And so I get where Ron is coming from, where she wants to make this part of the angle is look how beat up I am. But you know what? If this is my worst day, I'm still going to defend my championship here on Monday Night Raw. I don't give a crap. That's the kind of champion I am. That was a and that was a really good segment was her coming out, showing off her injuries and being like, yeah, I'm beat up. Yeah, Charlotte beat the crap out of me. I got welts on my chest from her slapping me. I've got welts and scratches all over my arm and back and legs from those kendo sticks. But you know what? I'm a fighting champ. Bring somebody out. Corbin comes out and says, no, I can't give you that match. And she says, cool, maybe I'll just fight you, which was a great moment. 
And Corbin all, all goes over here going is hell of war. Dante Fox called and he wants his his title ah. back. You, you talk about welts. Oh well, good lord. I mean, How about shred your back like a cheese grater and then come call us? Japanese good death lord. match. Uh, yeah, just, I will talk later about David Arquette. But anyway, so <laughs> woo. Uh, but no, so this is this is this was a good segment. Baron goes and gets Mickey James, which I thought was a little bit of a letdown because they have really damaged Mickey James in terms of her ability to intimidate anybody. And you know, Baron's saying, Oh, well, if you fight, you're gonna lose your title. And as soon as Mickey James's music hit, I'm like, <laughs> No, she's not. <laughs> yeah. No, I, okay. here's the only thing I'll say about Rhonda and showing off the welts or, or the the marks of war, so to speak. Is it there's is it a seeking of sympathy? Is it? Is, I don't think because I don't think that's going to go over with the crowd. Today's the 2018 WWE universe. I just don't think that works. I don't know and about it, sympathy. all. It's going to do is make them go. Eh, you're not as big of a strong a champion as we kind of thought you were, and it's going. She's going to lose support. Uh, I just I don't want to see that. I don't know about you, dude. Her taking that beating and her coming out looking like that. Obviously, legitimately taking that beating. Definitely, like she paid some dues in my eyes. It makes her more legitimate in my eyes. Like she's not afraid to take a bump, Alexa Bliss. But you know, that's the thing is that I'm, I'm, I, I was not. I had no problem with that. I had a problem with the fact that they tried to make us believe that Mickey James could actually beat the title. Oh, and I also, yeah. I also, uh, at the end of this, you know, Ronda leaves and Nia and Tamina come out and stare her down, and Nia kind of, you know, rubs her fist. And all right, fine. They're they're trying to build towards that match. They need to have her and Nia be around each other more because the crowds are still divided on they're now they're now divided on Ronda Rousey. And maybe it's just LA, I don't know. But that's weird because she was getting nothing but cheers two weeks ago. And now all of a sudden they're chanting Becky, they're kind of booing her. It's weird. And I don't think they're turning on her because of because she's like no, showing no, off no. the bruises. You know what I mean? No, I, no, no, no. It's not that. I think the WWE universe has turned on WWE, not Ronda Rousey. Was it the avocado they're, they're, toast? Was it the millennial no. speech? Do you think? No, I'm May, serious. The, so my thought is they're they're booing the fact that Nia got away with. I'm going to do air quotes. Got away with murder by getting away with doing something stupid like that. And it stole that arguably could have been the match of the year, at least on the women's side, between Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. And we're pissed off about that. So when they're chanting Becky and they're kind of booing, they're not booing Ronda. They're booing the fact that they got what they wanted taken away from them. But why boo Ronda for that? That doesn't... This bizarro world... I don't think that's why they're yeah, booing. LA I, is one of the bizarre world audiences. I, I, I think there may be some aspect to it, like the the fact that Charlotte, in some ways, they try to turn her heel and they just Becky Lynched her all over again. Where now people are like, she's a badass. I love it. She looked more badass than Ronda Rousey to some people, you know. And also, I do think the millennial comments. I do think the millennial comments uh, were uh, eh, they didn't go over well. I think sure. some people turned on her there. Um, there's a few there's a few aspects of her that I think are, is turning. And the the other thing I'm wondering is she's notoriously thin-skinned. And I just I I don't know if it's acting, but she is looking perturbed when that crowd isn't 100% cheering her. That's one of the reasons I used the poster that I did for our recap show. Yeah, uh, having look. Ronda look back at the crowd like that. And it was we had such a big conversation on our recap show. Please go listen to it if you haven't yet of Survivor Series because that was one of my big takeaways is, oh, my God, that L.A. crowd turned on Ronda after Hard. she just took an ass whooping. Yeah. Closing out the show. Like, she's usually up the ramp. Even if they're, they're going to cheer Charlotte for, for beating her up, once Charlotte is gone, 
usually they would be like, dude, well, you know, well done taking that beating. They would cheer her. But no, they kept on booing. You her. deserved it. Oh, <laughs> and oh, thank you, Charlotte oh, and Becky. Oh, God. What, what the heck? I mean, I know that they're trying to like, they're trying to tell a story and they're trying to get a crowd to do what they want, but I'm starting to see where they're coming from. They're like, these crowds, man, we don't know. Like, they just do what they want to do. That's the first time I've actually been like, I do not understand what the heck this crowd is doing. Yeah, yeah. we'll start doing that shit in Corpus Christi, not in Los Angeles or like Manchester Ouch. or any place like that where peak crowds are just completely opposite land. I, but I think Manchester gets it. They're kind of, they're more, I, I understand Manchester. You know what I mean? I understand <laughs> Philadelphia. I did not understand that LA crowd bizarre anyway we got some other stuff to get to here um if you did watch the hulu version you didn't see this lucha house party had a match with revival uh under lucha house rules which apparently means it's a three-on-two match what what and then the whole thing was the new latino freebird rule (laughs) i guess and they were like running around the ring with the with the with the pinata what's its name angela and and hello or whatever it is uh doesn't matter i It kind of does. It's awesome. I, I like the is. pinata when they had Drew Gulak's face on it. After that, yeah, it's, that it's, needs to be a running thing for whoever they're facing that night. Just put the fa- the paper cutout face or the paper mache will, face it, onto the pinata. It will never work as well as it did with Drew Gulak, unless it's like H face, you know, like the the Triple yeah. H Arr! face. Uh, it will never work as well. But anyway, it was this was kind of a joke match, and Revival looked like kind of jokes. They, I mean. It was a really beautiful. Uh, what was it a sun? It wasn't a sunset flip. It was. Uh, oh, he did uh, fantastic move. Ay ay ay, big old moonsault or something to finish the match. But it was a beautiful finish, but revival still lost. And I, I, I hope this is the way for revival to be like. We can't take this anymore. We're no flips, all fists, and have a comeback. But uh, I don't know. I don't have a lot of hope for it. they did. I don't know whose cornflakes they pissed in backstage, <laughs> but holy smokes, man! I just shooting star press. I don't know why. Ti- yeah, how do you go from two time NXT champs to whatever they've become after a couple of injuries? It, it, and then when we saw them at uh, on the pre show, it was Usos versus facing off against the Revival yeah. in that match, and I was like, <gasps> "That's kind this of is why we wanted this whole time." That's kind of why I think that they might be setting the Revival up to have a comeback here against Lucha House Party, but okay. it's just a weird, it's a weird dynamic, and I don't know. I I, I have a feeling that they might be doing that, but fingers crossed. Because there are rumors out there that Revival might be trying to leave WWE and go back to the Indies. Go to the Indies. I, I wouldn't blame them. They'd be I mean, fantastic in New well, Japan. Well, I mean, remember F the Revival, that whole thing with uh, that was going on for a while there with, with the Elite, with the Young Bucks. Yep. I think it fit right into that crew pretty quickly. Or like working with them. So It would be turnkey for them to go back and kind of just show up at Wrestle Kingdom and mess with the Young Bucks. Yeah, but the, the thing, you know? it's, it's just that's a nice paycheck, WWE. It's a really nice paycheck. And, yep. and a regular paycheck, and one you know is going to cash. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna put you up against these uh, the silly flippy luchador guys, and you're going to lose to them. But here's hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. For the week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, when you put it that way, I have a hard time yeah. saying no. <laughs> uh, same can be said for uh, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, who had a match with oh, AOP, boy. a non-title match. Of course, this is also after we were we had a nice little segment making fun of Drake Maverick and the fact that he peed himself. Uh, because Big Show scared him so badly at Survivor Series. I peed, I peed myself when I heard about the outcome of this match. Yep, Gable and Rude defeated AOP cl- clean, clean, thanks to a blockbuster and uh, crossbody combination. 
I think this might be the same sort of thing, setting up AOP for a dominant win later, but it's still a bad look. It's a bad look, man. I mean, Gable and Root, I think they're they're going to try and set them up to be tag team champions, but at this point, whoop de freaking do. You've got AOP as your champs and the Revival sitting right there. That's amazing. Just put them together and let them kill each other. No, no, no. We, what are you guys doing? No, no. We have to have a pee joke segment, Nick. That's what we have to do. Oh. We, have to, we, have a joke. we have to have a man peeing himself. That's the primary thing to take away from this whole thing. Uh, that's It exhausts me yelling about the, the raw tag division. I'm I'm I've come around I've I've been mad yep. and I've been okay with it like B team and just accepted it for what it was and now we we're getting like teased they're hanging the carrot in front of us here's AOP as the champs yeah. oh yeah the revival versus the Usos at Survivor Series uh, nope <laughs> Lucha House nope. Party is gonna beat the revival and Chad Gable and Bobby Roode arguably the most not over people in WWE right now Who are gonna should beat be your over. champions AOP Who should what? be over. Who should be over? And uh, but no, we're gonna have the whole thing be about a little guy peeing himself. Ah, ah, oh. <laughs> that's right, pal. Yeah, it's it's it is very frustrating. And you know when when it's been said ad nauseum, when wrestling is good, it's the it's the best. But man, when it's bad, it's embarrassing. And it's one of those things where if someone doesn't watch wrestling and you were to show them Monday Night Raw, there'd be parts where you'd be like, "Isn't that cool?" And those parts where you go, "I'm so sorry you had to see that." I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to put you through that, but sorry. I promise there'll be some cool shit that happens next Speaking week. of things I wish I wasn't put through, the Natalia-Ruby Riot feud looks like it may have wrapped up. Natalia finally got a little match with her, and even Thank despite God. interference from the Riot squad, she did roll up Ruby Riot for the clean win. So hopefully we can put that behind us as well. The kind of a nothing feud that, you know, that they, they dredged up Needhart's corpse for. God. Not li- Natty, not I love you. Please do us all a favor. Retire in your prime. and Please go work in the Performance Center training the next generation because that is what you excel at. And I don't know if you're ready to do that, but man, she's, I, think I, she's, I, I don't know if you're going to wrestle with the next generation of female superstars. Let me postulate this. I think she and okay. Mickey are kind of the Dolph Ziggler's of the main roster. They're the I, and I grant they're the that. gatekeepers. Absolutely. They're working. She's working Riot Squad to kind of get to, to polish them up. So instead of she introduced Naya earlier this year, exactly. yeah, I'm with you. you know 100%. What I mean? So she's kind of she is the Naya. I mean Rhonda. Uh, Rhonda. That, I, <laughs> I went there with you for some reason. Uh, <sighs> no, she is the, she's the polish. She's like she's the performance center after the performance center. You get to the main roster. Roster, you're going to work Natalia. You know. You know the main roster. <laughs> the roster <laughs> Welcome to the main roster. Somebody, hey, somebody call Coffee Kingston. All right. <laughs> I don't know what. Your job is crazy, WWE. Uh-huh. Oh, my Can't God. Can't take it anymore. Uh, apparently, I have smoked something because I don't know where we went there. Uh, let's finish up with Raw. Just head over, get out of this, and go talk about SmackDown Live. Well, the new Daniel Bryan, American Dragon Brian Danielson, has arrived. I, I think this is just the new, new Daniel Bryan. I don't even know if we can call him new, new. new Dan- I think this is okay. the new, new. Because I, I don't know about you, but I, across his yeah, entire career. I don't think career, I've seen this one Yeah. Yet. The kind of a little bit crazy Daniel Bryan. The guy who got locked in a hyperbaric chamber a little bit too long and developed a split personality, apparently, is what the new Daniel Bryan is. Because he had a promo on the show where he basically kind of talked to himself. For the entire thing, referring to this you, 
talking to you the entire time. He was like, I'm not talking to these stupid fans. By the way, one way to know if someone turns heel, they insult the fans. Yeah, of course. So, yes, movement's over officially, according to Daniel Bryan. We're not doing the no movement either. We're doing something totally different. We're now good. Then stop putting the yeses back up on the Tron when he comes out. Well, or come on, guys. Or, or they're on his plates on his belt. By the way, I don't even notice this. Uh, yeah, right. So. Right. Uh, he still. It would be cool if he came out on the belt with like a screwdriver or a crowbar and just like made a scene about prying those off and yeah. throwing them away or I'm something. I'm calling it now. He's going to keep the yes thing for a little bit just to, to get the heat because people want that and he's not going to give it to them like he did on this show where he came out and he went, almost went for the yes movement, but nah, not going to do it. What if they just did a uh, what is that song that his music? It's not Flight of the Bumblebee, but it's oh, it's Flight of the Valkyries. Thanks, sorry, <laughs> Bumblebee. What if they just did like a drop D tuned down evil version of that, and he started coming out to that? That would be amazing. And just quit doing all the yes things and, and all this, yeah. and he just walks out and just starts looking around. Yeah. Good, evil Daniel Bryan, I could get on board we with, because that could be we cool. We could see a new entrance for him within the next couple of months, but I think they will keep it for a little bit just because of the heat of us not getting what we want, which is the yes movement. I'm serious. The yes movement, Daniel yeah. Bryan. So uh, there's a couple of things about his speech here, his introduction of the new Daniel Bryan character. There's a couple of things I liked. One was the way that he twisted his comeback tale to be a tale of basically his mind breaking uh, and, and giving us this kind of split personality. Daniel Bryan, the one that was too weak and the one that was so strong that it brought him back. Uh, and he realized he had to to get rid of one of those Daniel Bryans. Um, and then also the part of it where he explained his loss to Brock Lesnar as not being a problem for him because he wanted to get beaten. He wanted to get beaten up and have the weakness beaten out of him. I thought that was yeah, he needed to, he needed to experience that to be to ex, uh, expunge all of the yes. the weakness. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Like the the weak Daniel Bryan was the one that got his ass kicked there. The strong Daniel Bryan is the one that has now survived. Very clever. Yeah. There was it, there was a couple of nice little touches like that. So uh his mannerisms are different like from an acting and performance standpoint, Daniel Bryan is one of the best. He can just do these little tweaks to his character and give us a whole different person. So I like that. I'm very curious to see where he goes with it. The one nitpick, the one nitpick I'm going to give is that he's still dressed like hippie granola Daniel Bryan coming out in like a sweater and a scarf. And I was like, dude, I want this Daniel Bryan to be scary, like coming out in like edgy in a black leather jacket. I don't know if I need black leather. He is vegan, but you know, I'd like something like come out (laughs) vinyl, black vinyl. I don't care, but something like something a little edgy. On this Daniel Bryan, you know what I mean? I don't want to see hippie granola, crazy Daniel Bryan. I want to see like dark, brooding, crazy. And again, it's what I want. Boo, boo, bagoo. I'll take whatever I get. But that's I think that would be a cool twist to this character. So are we excited about are are we going to get AJ has said he wants his rematch at TLC. Is that what we're getting here? Yeah, he's so AJ gets his rematch at TLC. He's been off TV last week and this week. Well, let's see. No, last week he lost to Daniel Bryan. He was off the, at the Survivor Series, which yeah. was the first, by the way, the first pay-per-view that AJ has missed since he came to WWE. He's been at every pay-per-view since he came there. So much deserved. Dude needed a vacation. Dude was champion for over a year. The man needed a damn break. That is a f- beyond a full-time job. And maybe he didn't want to take a Brock Lesnar beating again. You know, <laughs> I think, well, from the reports, Vince didn't want him to take a Brock Lesnar beating again because they didn't want to. Uh, neither have of those guys should lose uh, in, in that setting. Well, so, but, uh, but that's the thing. Having AJ go 0 and 2 in that scenario looks bad for AJ. Like he needs to be able to overcome him the second time. And again, the yeah. way that they explained the Daniel Bryan loss, I think, worked with the character. So ultimately, that, I think that all worked out. But here's the question. 
Daniel Bryan, I don't. He ain't losing to AJ again. But can we? Can he beat AJ? Fingers crossed. Without kicking him in the balls, can there just be some time where AJ has a screwy match that doesn't involve cock knocking? That's all I'm asking. Oh, no, damn it! <laughs> like seriously, between because remember when he first won the title off of Dean Ambrose way back in the day, he hit him in the balls. He yep. lost the title to Daniel Bryan the way that he had originally won it to Dean Ambr- from Dean Ambrose. So there's been a long history of AJ low blows here in this company. <laughs> and I'm starting to smell a it's rotten It's only fish. been like two years. This is a long history. That's a lot of low blows in such a short period of time, <laughs> yeah. man. Just this summer with Shinsuke. Come on. <laughs> Just this summer with Shinsuke was more low blows than we've seen in the last 20 years. Yep. Good Lord. I, uh, I'm starting to smell a rat here. It's too many low blows. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll see what happens with the, with the TLC match. I have a feeling it'll just be a way to, to blow this off and get AJ onto something else because Lord knows there is not enough faces on SmackDown Live, especially now that Charlotte Flair is apparently kind of gone heel. It looked like she was going heel. I don't, I don't think kind of. But here's the thing, Nick. So, so I, I want to go back. This is the double turn that I originally predicted. I don't know that it is. I mean, let's talk about the Charlotte Flair segment here. Let's set it up first okay. because there's. I, I just want to. I want a minute to explain oh, where yeah. my head was. This is going to be because everybody kind of called me crazy, and I want to explain where I was going with. Well, it. this is the thing. I think you may still be crazy, and I want to exp- set this up because this will be our big talking point about SmackDown Live. This is going to be the major segment of SmackDown Live. Is what's going on. With Charlotte, Charlotte comes out to the ring, says she doesn't regret beating up Ronda Rousey at all, uh, and she would do it again in a heartbeat. Sometimes you just snap, that sort of thing. Paige comes out and says, you know what? I'm not mad that you beat up Ronda Rousey either. Kind of glad you did. That was pretty cool. But I still got to fine you $100,000 for putting your hands on the referees. On five officials. Yes, they made that point a couple of times. Paige is saying... You know, I'm fi- I've got to find you for putting your hands on five referees. Well, you weren't going to find her for putting your hands on one anyway. Yeah. But then out come the Iconics to make fun of Charlotte Flair, who then beats the unholy crap out of both of them in, in back-to-back matches, including the second. But she beats Billy Kay, even with Peyton interfering. And then she beats Peyton afterwards. Oh, sorry. It was a DQ uh, because Billy Kay got involved. They start... They, the two of them try to beat up Charlotte, and she takes out both of them, knocking their heads off the desk, double spearing them, and then stands up triumphantly on the announcer's desk to the adulation of the crowd. So here's the thing. Years, I, you and I both saw her as turning heel at Survivor Series because she beat the crap out of babyface Ronda Rousey. But then she came out on this show and beat up two heels and acted like a badass to the adulation of the crowd, and even the GM was on her side. Is she a heel, or are they taking the Becky plan and putting it on Charlotte? That's what I'm scared of. Okay. So I want to go back to before Charlotte and Ronda was ever even a thing, before Nia Jax screwed up and and punched Becky Lynch in the face. I had postulated that after their match where Becky won the title that there and and they were trying to position her as a heel but it was going not very well for them and she was going full stone cold because the 
the the crowd was behind Becky, and it's continued ever since. My theory was in saying that there would be a double turn is that not that both of them would go heel, was that we would do an end around with Becky, she would end up face, and we would get a heel turn from Charlotte, which is long overdue, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, long overdue to have Charlotte turn heel. And that's where I, what I saw getting set up over the last few months was we were going to see this, and now we've got Becky in this position of just adulation from the WWE universe. And what we just saw this weekend at Survivor Series with Charlotte, throwing it all away, DQing just to absolutely beat the tar nation out of Ronda Rousey and then do it again. Who cares if they're heels or faces? Well, it matters. The Iconics. Uh, again on on Monday night or on sorry on Tuesday night on SmackDown, she is absolutely just embracing this vicious killer heel kind of persona, and I can see and what the reason why I said uh, on our recap show Becky versus Charlotte at WrestleMania as the main event this year, not Ronda, is I think that's going to be the face versus heel dynamic that we're going to have, and that it's kind of coming around to exactly what I thought it was going to be. Whether or not they run it all to WrestleMania in my opinion, is the question. And the last thing I'll say is, are they aligned or are they against each other? That's one thing that hasn't been defined because we haven't seen Becky since before Survivor Series. Right, and that's that's really going to be the, the missing link in this to try to really get our heads around what they're doing here because I, I actually right. see two things happening here. Either, actually three, excuse me, I see three things ha possibly happening here. One, and it cannot be multiple. It has to be one of one of the three. Either the writers uh, really like this is what they ultimately wanted was to get Charlotte kind of that badass face persona, and because of the 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 way that the Becky thing worked, they're trying to wedge this in on on the back of Becky here, right? Where they're where they're saying, well, Becky's doing it. Let's have Charlotte kind of usurp this, and then Becky will fall back to second place. In addition to that, I think that uh, another. On that, they may completely abjectly fail at that if they don't realize what that will do to Charlotte because people will absolutely turn on her in a Roman Reigns kind of sense for getting the push yep. that should have been Becky's. Now, maybe, yep. maybe, and this is, a, this is a, a long shot because you should never give WWE Creative this much credit, maybe they're playing some crazy three-dimensional chess game here where by having it appear that Charlotte is taking Becky's thunder, we're going to get heel Charlotte by that or in an organic way by having her act like she's taking Becky's thunder. And then Becky comes back and is kind of like, you know, you're acting a whole lot like me right now. And it's starting to get under my skin and everyone has Becky's back and fine. We get to it. We get and to we that. We get one. reminded that she stole Becky's thing by getting into the triple threat match the earlier this sure. year against. Uh, yeah. Right. right. And, and then ultimately we end up getting a heel Charlotte and a face Becky and we do it organically and it doesn't, you know, it's not weird. Here's the problem. I'm not seeing this right now so far as Charlotte being heel. If you work someone who are who are as abjectly heel as the Iconics, you're being positioned as a face and you're being set up to get cheered. It's the same reason that they put people against The Miz or Jinder Mahal or anyone who just, no matter who you are, you're going to get cheered against them. Remember when they were trying to do that with Roman Reigns? Where they are yep. like, well, we got to get Roman cheered somehow. Brock Lesnar, right? He's working Jinder Mahal because we need to get some love for him back because we did such a good job of ruining him earlier in the year. So I absolutely thought they were going for uh, a face reaction for Charlotte here. Um, the other thing is they may have intentionally done this, but it also may be that they bungled that Becky turn so badly 
that now they're trying to come, come back and get what they originally wanted in the first place, which was face Charlotte, heal Becky, but want, but not have Becky be the badass that she was. If she comes back and you know she hugged, last thing she did was hug Charlotte and put that to bed. That's well, okay. Time out. I don't, I don't. I went back and watched that because we talked about it so big two weeks ago. I went back and watched it again. And if it, if you go back and watch it again, it wasn't a hug. She grabbed her, headlocked her from behind like that, and said something along the lines of, "You better beat that bitch." Yeah. It, it wasn't a. It wasn't a hug. Like still. Oh, oh no, God, it wasn't. So no, sorry. it wasn't a pretty, pretty princess. It hug. was a grip. Yeah. And like well, it was, you bet. She said it something was strong in her to her character, but it was still putting to bed their feud essentially it was saying now whether it was putting it on hold or not here's the thing we're not going to know till becky comes back and we see that dynamic yes exactly we're not going to know it's all speculation until we hear what becky has to say and how they interact with each other exactly but it's also it's 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 worrisome because unless they're playing a three-dimensional game of chess (laughs) this is going to blow up in the damn faces if they're trying to make charlotte a badass face the way that becky organically became a badass face. Now, look, Charlotte can be a badass. She absolutely cuts that figure. But where everything stands right now, we were talking earlier about the crowd being unpredictable. I'll tell you when they're predictable. They're predictably going to take Becky over freaking anyone right now because they well, have we know been. they listen, and, and, and we know that they they... They need to hear oh, this. WWE creative, yes. To all the right. WWE no, creative no position, members listening right now, no, no, yeah, no position that you put Charlotte Flair in is going to usurp the organic fan reaction that Becky Lynch has solicited in the last four. Unless months. you have her be a psychotic, dastardly heel, that dynamic, Who? Charlotte. If you have Charlotte become, a, I think that's exactly what she needs. That's to what I'm be. saying. If you do that, yeah. This could work, and then Becky can be the badass face trying to overcome her. Fine. I th- That's what I've been calling the whole time is that we end up having Becky positioned as a heel but ultimately gets yes. over as a face with the crowd, sure. and Charlotte gets that kind of heel thing. Now, I, I expected Becky to come out and you know all but lash Charlotte for losing, losing her cool and losing the match mm. for SmackDown well, social media, against Ronda. On social media, she's been saying she, she backs it, by the way. So if that's oh, if that's storytelling, no. then yeah. But here's but Nick don't. Oh but no! Here's the, but so <laughs> so then they they get together. They're a team for a little bit, and then Charlotte turns on her. She's a dastardly heel. It could still work out. It could still work okay. out. But I'm I'm happy to see that one of my, since WrestleMania, one of my predictions has worked yeah, out. This year. I don't I can't I don't think you can officially say it's worked out yet. I don't because it's, it's looking good <laughs> so far. But I don't saying, I don't take any anything away from WWE for being able to. Screw I, that I up, think so. it's, it was looking good until she beat the Iconics and looked like a million bucks doing it. So I don't I don't know, dude. That's fair. There's a, there's a we're gonna have to really see where this goes because I was definitely scratching my head. Going, what are you guys trying to do? Don't do it. Don't. Oh God, don't. Couldn't it have been like Naomi and Lana or something instead of the Iconics? But that's my point. If it were, that would have been showing their hand because Naomi had business this week. But you had Lana, you had Carmella. They were both out there doing nothing. If you wanted her to be a heel, you'd have brought one of them out. Or her and R-Truth. You know, Carmel and R-Truth come out and Charlotte just beats the that hell out of both of them. would have been a very heel thing, but they didn't do that. They put her against the Iconics and they had Paige go, I'm really sorry, but I kind of got to fine you for beating up those refs. And Charlotte being like, they were in my way, which is a very badass face thing to do. The worst thing they could do here, as you outlined, is try to take what has been built organically with Becky 
and sit it on top exactly. of Charlotte. And it really did look like oh, it no. looked like that's what was happening. God. <gasps> so here's, here's another question. So, oh, so no. she also called out. Okay, moving on from from Scary Land. There, she also uh, Charlotte also said that if Rhonda interferes with her at all at TLC, uh, that she's going to take her out. Now, this is interesting to speculate on because it is a co-branded pay per view. We don't know what Charlotte's doing at TLC. We don't know. We know that Rhonda's going to match with Nia, but uh, does that mean? That Charlotte, uh, does, she have, does she have another match with Becky Lynch that they put up on short notice? Or does she not have a match and she and Becky run interference on the Ronda Rousey-Nia match? Becky takes out Nia, gets a revenge to we'll a huge see on pop. Tuesday, we, we, didn't, we didn't get any Becky this week. So we have no idea what what the stat... I mean, I, I, I can't even answer that until we see what, what happens sure. Tuesday when Becky, you know... I can't I, imagine she's going to be off TV for that's another That's why it's week. called speculation, Nick. I'm speculating. Yeah. I'm trying to say <laughs> this could be what... Anyway, that's I'm seeing that might happen. Speaking of Naomi, uh, she did have a match tagging with Asuka against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. This was basically a way to show us that Mandy and Sonya were not on the same page. I don't know if they've had enough of the two of them on TV for anyone really to give a crap at this point. Everyone was just there for Asuka, which is a good sign. Everyone was saying... I want to say something about this, too, by the way. I've been a little down. Not a little. I've been a lot down on the way WWE has presented Asuka since her debut. But in her defense, I want to say, man, it looks like she's having fun. Right? It looks like she is having an absolute blast. And I don't want to take anything away from that. Let Asuka do Asuka, as far as I'm from this point forward. Because... She's just having it's a blast. It's absolutely true, especially with Naomi like and, and, and Miz on Mixed yeah. Match Challenge. Like She's having the time of her life. In addition, yes... She's not having to get beat up by Minoru <laughs> Suzuki anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, go out and have a fluff match with Naomi. That's, okay. <laughs> she, well, it, it, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, I'll have a fluff match with Naomi. No problem. I get to, you know... Like, Back end some people, no problem. Well, she, hey, just but, but to clarify, she did book herself to get beat up against Minoru Suzuki. That was fine. That fine. was on her. But anyway, the 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 fact of the matter is, even though she's not the dominant scary Oscar that she was coming out of NXT and for that first little bit, they still book her like an absolute monster. I can't think of anyone else who has been let to keep this level of monstrousness. In their division, except for maybe Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, not even Roman Reigns, maybe Drew McIntyre or Braun Strowman, like someone who, when they're out there, you know they're going to murder whoever they're in the ring with. They've kept that aura on Asuka, even though they're not really using her. She's kind of just there. She's not the mythical Asuka that she was at first. You still know she's kind of like, she's, she's the monster of the division. And that's cool. I think she might still be to the WWE universe, and I'll say she is to yeah. me. Because, and the perfect example of this: two weeks ago uh, on SmackDown, when Becky had to choose um, her who her replacement to face Ronda, and at the end of the line, she got to Oscar, and the crowd nuts. popped, mm-hmm. and I I popped. I was Ooh. just like, oh yes, yeah. yeah. I- but then I went face versus face. That no, that ain't nope. nope well, sorry, I mean, guys. if Ronda ever goes heel, but then I'd I'd worry that she'd actually beat Oscar. Anyway, it's 
That's neither. Right, exactly. Neither. That's that's Brock. Les- that's Brock one hundred and one. That's right that's there. you and me over beers talk. That's that's not for here. It'll take too long and and really be kind of yep. useless. <laughs> just be, just be <laughs> spitting in the wind. Maybe that could be one of our bonus episodes for the patrons. <laughs> you and me drinking beers and spitting into the wind. Yeah, I, no, I'm, not spitting into the wind. You know what I mean? Just talking right. like, wouldn't it be cool if? wouldn't it be cool if episode anyway all right so the whole point here was that mandy rose and sonia deville are not on the same page uh there's a there's a kerfuffle at the end oscar ends up killing sonia deville because mandy rose screws up a tag uh so yeah i I don't i guess they're doing something with sonia and mandy here's the thing who's getting a push here who's going to be getting a face push who's getting a heel push yeah, I think you're right. I think Mandy's getting the the be- Sonia Sonia as legit of a badass as she is needs a complete repackage. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like the music. I don't like the entrance. I don't like the hood flip. I don't I don't like the MMA stuff. It it eh. here's the thing. I, I like to put your hair up and square up kind of thing. That I like catchphrases, but it just it hasn't worked. You and I are completely opposite. I love her entrance. I love her hood. I love the whole like punching fast in the strobe light thing. Put your hair up and square up got real cheesy for me real quick. Here's Sonia's problem. She is a kind of MMA girl in a company where now you're getting some legit MMA girls into this place and you you pale in comparison. You're not Ronda Rousey. You're not Sonia Baszler. Shayna Baszler. God. Um, it's, it's a day. It's a day today. Yeah. Uh, you're not any of those. And unless WWE wants to push you as being strong like them, you're going to come off as a bit of a joke. You yep. really are. So, unfortunately, that's kind of where Sonia is, is, is right now, is unless they want to make her look strong. Steve Blackman land, you know? It's, right. It's Steve Blackman when Ken Shamrock is there. It's like, right. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of a badass. And, you're, and you may be a legit badass out of, out of the ring. Like, Blackman was legendarily one of the scariest dudes outside of the ring. Well, so wasn't Ken Shamrock. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. Ken Shamrock is Ken Shamrock. So that dude went all around the world, world legitimately murdering people, except for Minoru so, Suzuki, who tapped him out. Well, right, anyway, well, fair. legit tapped him out <laughs> because Minoru Suzuki. Because Minoru Suzuki does Minoru Suzuki things. Anyway, okay, so we'll see where this thing goes. We spent too much time on Mandy I'm Rose definitely and calling it, This, this is all about Mandy. Though. Yeah, she, she is the chosen one Nick, Nick. to to kind of be the next. Say it right. Trish Stratus. Say it right. I, I guess. Say it right if you're going to say her name. Say say who what? Mandy. 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 Yes. Randy Orton uh, had a match with Rey Mysterio as well on this week's show. Uh, looks like we're finally getting into that feud, and it was uh, it's off to a hot start because Randy kept trying to unmask Rey before RKOing him. Rey did that like belly slide, the baseball slide to the outside of the ring, and Randy RKO'd him in the middle that of it. Freaking beautiful. Smooth as silk. Say what you will about Randy Dick Fingers Orton, but that man is smooth as creamy rendered butter for your crab oh. meat. Mm, he is. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but yeah, so he got him back in. Finally did unmask him uh, in the beatdown after the match and ran off with his mask while Ray tried to hide his face kind of unsuccessfully so yeah it looks like we the uh, the ray and randy feud is on what do you think it's going to tlc has I, absolutely i think so there's no way to not to to set this up and not end up in a match at tlc i mean 
Has Ray been unmasked before? Has he been publicly yeah. seen? Back in WCW, he was unmasked for quite a while. I, I was trying to remember that after watching SmackDown yeah. this week, and I couldn't remember if it was like in kayfabe or within a wrestling setting. Has has anybody ever seen yeah. him unmasked? Yes. And I think you're right in WCW. Late, late era WCW, but in yeah, WWE, 90s, w, yeah. I don't think he's been maskless. Uh, okay. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see because he always comes. It's not like the dude has a shortage of masks. I mean, his whole thing <laughs> is a montage of masks. Yeah. Uh, his Tron, right? And uh-huh. he always comes out with an extra one, throws it to the kids. Great. I, his whole thing is being in a mask. He is the legendary luchador. Right. So, I, I don't know that if you leave him on. It's like taking Kane's mask off. I mean, was it still Kane? I don't know. Well, he was in the brief period where he did have like the half shaved head and was really creepy. But I, I, I hated that cane. I hated that. Yeah, I'm just going to come out and say that. I hated that cane. I want big red machine, early mask, Jason Voorhees ripping the door off the cell cane. All right. Yeah. But Pyro uh, coming off the ring posts. But that's just because I'm old. Get off my lawn, you kids. Give me my, my wrestling. Give me my, give me my cane. Uh, no, that's here's the thing with Ray. I absolutely think he's got to keep the mask. It is iconic. I think yes. there's an argument to, ma- to be made for it being one of the most iconic lucha masks of all time it's like blue demon el santo Rey mysterio all of those are like on the same nearly the same echelon what's almas's lineage as well in in uh, cmll i don't know if uh, his is because uh, he comes out with the uh, the extra mask and I, that's his dad's mask or something like, well i can't and, remember and what was, the story it was it was his mask uh initially you know so and, and there is a but there's a lot of 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 masks that are legacy masks you know what I mean? Like there is. Oh, you called out the biggest one, Blue Demon. So it's El Santo, arguably even more so. Oh yeah, El Santo. Yeah, and, and you got to put Ray in that category at this point. He is, I mean, probably the most known luchador of all time. Yeah, but I mean, so, La, I, La Sombra. La Sombra is a great mask. It's nowhere near on the level of Rey Mysterio. No. It really isn't. Uh, let's see. Moving on, we're good. Yeah. So basically, we're, we're gonna, I was going to ask you the same thing. What do you, where do you think this is TLC. going? Is it going to TLC? TLC. Match? TLC. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. This is this is this feels like the beginning of something. Just a match or stipulation match? I hope stipulation match. Otherwise, it's going to be a rehash of as they were even saying on the show like thirteen years like ago. How many times can you pull on Jeff Hardy's earlobe? Like how many times can can um, uh, Randy Orton pull, try to pull his mask off? I, I just I could see a tables I, match because the RKO looks really good putting someone through a table, and so does Ray doing yeah. a splash. So I, I'm seeing yeah, a tables match. Uh, so then we had a couple of comedy segments. We had the the annual food fight segment. My eyes are rolling uh, with the New Day and the Bar in their what I what I like to call the the waste of food Thanksgiving segment. Um, and I honestly I I hate to say this once again the God damn new day made this fun yep i wanted to hate this so badly we, we don't need to dwell on the historical irony of uh african-american gentlemen coming out dressed as pilgrims careful um <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that as delicately as i can oh god uh i i'm i'm also i but i agree with you i this was fun and they 100 percent Made it fun. You know why? Because it looks, you know, speaking of Oscar having fun, it looked like these guys were having fun. Once it, once it devolved from a match, the New Day versus the bar and Big Show, into just a, a food fight. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Biggie uh, wins the match by punching Sheamus in the face with a turkey on his hand. And then, uh, then the Genius. food fight really gets into it. They're <laughs> throwing stuff everywhere. They're covering Cesaro in 
you know, gravy and, and, and cranberries, and then he's just swinging. He's man. Swinging. He just seems to take the, the beating of all of these he's things. He's swinging wildly in the air. Well, he scared the crap out of me because there was one point where he was trying to he was trying to smash a pie on one of the New Day members, and he went right into the turnbuckle. I'm like, no, Cesaro, that's how you do Not again. Not again. Careful, your poor mouth. Uh, but no, at the end, when it turned into a big food fight, and you had Big Show go through a table with all the food on it, and you had, there was so much food everywhere. They were all literally, they could not stand up. They were literally slipping and falling all over the mats inside and outside of the ring. And they were all totally corpsing and busting up laughing doing it. I couldn't help but be like, all right, that's really fun. Yeah. Really stupid. And it does at least also the commentary called out that, yeah, these are your tag champs. Though they look like idiots now. They kind of called that out, which is fine. It it happens twice a year. It happens for July 4th and it happens for Thanksgiving. It's fine. It's always a good time and it's all in good spirit and it's fun and it's fine it's always a good time although sometimes they do frustrate me i still don't know who smashed kevin owens in the face with a pie and that <laughs> that is a hanging chat of a storyline that wwe needs to rectify at some point all right oh, i'd have to get i think you're allowing yourself to get a little bit my, too had to, get my, had to get my head off my that. chest yeah, I'm just worried that, you know, because obviously fans in India do watch the product. I'm worried that some of the poorer kids in Delhi are seeing this and being really offended by the American waste of food here. I'm totally kidding. I don't that's I, I'm sure it doesn't matter at all. I'm sure that I'm sure everyone had fun who watched this uh, unless you were really hungry and then maybe not. Miz and Shane uh, came out. It was Miz TV and he called out Shane McMahon, a still very sore Shane McMahon to the ring to celebrate about how they were the besties. They were the best in the world, co-best in the world. Well, he's he's two-thirds best in the and world, of course Shane's and, and Shane's only one-third. Man, yeah. there is there is so little I thought that was going to come out of this whole stupid best-in-the-world tournament. This is like, this is the best thing that could have come out of this, is the Miz and Shane comedy segments with Miz claiming credit for being two-thirds of the best in the world, and Shane just looking at him like he's a complete <laughs> idiot the entire time. This is And just letting him have the moment. <laughs> it's some like it's just some odd couple pairing that is just so much fun. And what they did with this, what they kept evolving this into was a lot of fun as well, where Miz says, Look, to celebrate us being co besties, let's beat up a tag team. Let's have a tag team match. And Shane's like, dude, I'm so beat up. Come on. Miz is like, okay, I got this. I got this. So he calls out these two guys who the second they walk through the 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 titantron you're like okay a couple of enhancement guys a couple of jobbers right but wait but wait i jumped out of my seat because as a local la boy i recognized la's own eli everfly the little guy who did most of the work and all the work in the match really uh i guess he was they were called the dane and wayne the bryant brothers Whatever. That's Eli Everfly, yeah. that little guy. He is fantastic. You and I saw him at a PWG show a little while ago. Yeah. He's really good. Anyway, I jumped out of my chair because of that. That was cool. But, dude, the other guy doesn't even get tagged in. Miz beats up Eli for a while, but then Eli suddenly rolls him up, beats Miz one, two, three, and Miz is left being embarrassed in front of Shane McMahon, who's like, yeah, best in the world, huh? Uh. That was this was so, fun. So does that mean Eli is now the best in the world? He tweeted that out, by the I way. Don't, yeah, I don't. Is he two thirds best in the world, or does he have to be? If they do this as a running thing, where he has to come, he I wish he had had to beat Shane as well, and then have been able to. That would have been a whole fun. Ah thing. man, but anyway, technically Shane also lost the match. Both Miz and Shane lost the match. Eli is the best, and he's such an obnoxious heel on the indies. Like he he's going to run with that. I'm telling you right now. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. This was a fun segment that I see a lot of potential with. Is basically all I wanted to say about this. And also, this. you know, Miz is beloved in L.A. So you, you anything that 
Yeah, anything you do with Miz in in Los Angeles is is going to be over with the crowd. Sure, so it's fine. I, I, I yeah. although is he maybe slowly turning face like while Daniel Bryan's turning heel? Like is Miz kind of going oh, a little bit more oh. for like the you love me, you really I'm love me. Cloud you pops, brought this up. Crowd pops. I'm glad you brought this All up right. because I almost said something earlier when we were talking about Daniel Bryan at the top of this segment. I'm still hanging on to my wrestling, my Daniel Bryan and Miz feud that we were teased with, never really got one of them got the opportunity, blah, 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 because Saudi Arabia. Um, I'm hoping what you just said is true. I'm hoping that we are having fun with Miz and we're seeing joyful Miz making fun of people almost in frat boy bully kind of mode, but in a funny facey kind of way. That will lead to it's a little more charming. opportunities. More charming as opposed to obnoxious. Sure. Yeah. That's a word, sure. <laughs> that will lead to confrontations, standoffs, and or matches against evil heel Daniel Bryan. Sure. I, I wouldn't put that past them to run it up to Mania. You know, I, I could see that being a thing. I mean, there is so, still that record. Miz has earned that opportunity. There is still that. For the past that, few years of work. That record IC championship reign that he's... Uh, He's coming up yep. on, you know, the next reign is going to get him all kinds of records that he next. So if he does that as a face, it's going to be an enormous moment. And Lord knows that Miz has had his ups and downs since he's been in the WWE. But at this point, he's like a venerable uh, wrestler with that company at this point. And he's, you know, he's done a lot of very solid work. So he definitely deserves anything good that's coming to him. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an Angelino and, uh, and, and Miz is over here in L.A. I'm not saying that at all. I just love Miz. But um, here's the other. Here's the thing, though, is is there an aspect of this that we look at and go, yeah, but Shane still didn't eat the pin, so he's still, it's, the McMahons are being kind of held up as infallible? Or is this, is this again, where SmackDown Live is being made to look kind of ridiculous relative to Raw? Like, do, we, do you see any of that, or is that, just, is that just kind of like griping? Unless this becomes a running gag between Miz and Shane McMahon, which it very well could be, but I hope not. Uh, I don't think we'll even be talking about this again, the whole best in the world thing for very long. Yeah. I think it's a it's a I hope not. You know, fart it's a fart in the wind hope, as far as I I'm really concerned. hope you're right. I really yeah. hope you're right. Well that that wraps up SmackDown Live, but we still have plenty more to talk about. But to do that, we have to go talk about the wide world of wrestling. NXT this week, as it normally is after a big pay-per-view, after a big takeover, was mostly video recaps of what happened on the pay-per-view. Yeah, nothing new here. It's, it's standard NXT, and then they show a couple of matches that were filmed at TakeOver, but not shown on TakeOver in order to give the audience a nice three-hour show, but keep it nice and tight, nice and toit for us. Toit like a toy like guy. a toy guy watching that TakeOver. So, uh, yeah, but... This is the thing. Unlike most of these where they're kind of throwaway matches, there was a couple of matches here that set up something for next week that I think you and I need to talk about, Mr. Nick. Oh. Because there is a, uh, a pretty, uh, pretty delicious match coming up on NXT next week. We had uh, First, we had Keith Lee show up and crush an enhancement guy pretty, pretty handily. And then we had uh, Lars main roster Sullivan show up and beat the crap out of an enhancement guy and beat him up so badly that... Out came Keith Lee for the save, setting up a match next week. Oh, Ooh. I could not be. I think I even texted you and went, oh, my God, you did Lars versus Keith Lee. What the WTF? I think I got a Z-O-M-G from you a on Z-O-M-G, that. Z-O-M-G. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't even know what that is. 
I don't know what you young whippersnappers are doing, the Zeons. But yeah, no, Keith Lee versus Lars Sullivan. What? (laughs) I'll take that. That sounds delicious. Give me some of that. Also, because that's what Z-O-M-G is. Zoinks like, hey, Scoob. (laughs) Is that what it is? Zoinks? Oh, my God. Since you just went Scooby-Doo on me, I had to follow it up. All right. Hey, I'll go with it. I love me some (laughs) Scooby-Doo. All right. And and I am very shaggy, so whatever. Uh, Neither here nor there. Bottom line, Lars Sullivan's going to the main roster. Does this mean he's going to finally lose and put over Keith Lee on his way out and Keith Lee's going to be the next monster of NXT? Because if so... I'm down. That sounds good. It, it, that's it, is that traditionally how you go out though? Because I mean, we, we we didn't see it with Oscar. We haven't seen it with any of the NXT champs other than like Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode laid down one? for it. Kevin Owens. Like there's a lot of people that uh, Finn Balor. A lot of people laid down on their way out. Not even even Nakamura. Owens carried the NXT Championship out onto Monday Night Raw to beat John Cena, and then he went and lost it to Finn Balor in Japan. What's your point? I mean, okay, they, fair, they, they, fair. You, you went before you before you fully ascend, you put over people. Now that's not true. always true, as you said. Some people come out and don't put over people on their way out, but that's a scheduling thing sometimes as well. Oscar, but uh, well, that's they wanted to bring her out looking strong for Charlotte, supposedly. At any rate, bottom line is it is very likely and possible that Lars, you know, lets Keith Lee go over and then Keith Lee takes that cachet moving forward, which I think would be a big, a, a good move for Keith Lee. I think that'd be a good thing to, to give him is so that way moving forward, he looks like a monster and he, he does. He's he, the guy know. that put down Lars Sullivan, the beast. Holy yeah, smokes. So. so, yeah, I think that'd be a good look for him. We did also have a match between Nikki Cross and Candice LeRae. Uh, where I thought Candice was going to go over for the same exact reason. Nikki's on her way out to the main roster. Theoretically, she showed up on SmackDown, whether that was a one-off because it was in the UK or just or not. If she did get the call-up, we don't know yet because Sanity doesn't do squat on SmackDown. But I was surprised that Candice won here or lost here. Excuse me. I, th- I was surprised Nikki beat Candice here. I was going to say she she didn't win. She she got out of she she's so the big thing that I took away from this match. I think the commentary called it out, but she's the first one that kicked out of what they're now calling the purge. Yes, that swinging fisherman neck breaker that she does. Nikki does, and yes. she she kicked. So Candace kicks out of that, which I don't remember anybody ever kicking out of that. Mm. And she also took the draping swinging neck breaker off the ring apron to the outside yep. which was fantastic i think oscar kicked out of the uh the purge but that should i, I may be wrong okay. in the last one okay. standing match i may be wrong anyway I, I thought it was a great showing by candace i don't think i think nikki going up there was a little bit of a here's a little carrot we're gonna dangle it in front of you yep you don't get it yet <laughs> royal rumble uh surprise entrant We'll throw it out there again and see if it, see if people bite. Uh, the only people that know who Nikki Cross is, though, unfortunately, because she's tiny, is the NXT crowd and the UK. Know, I just crowd. don't know the UK crowd. Sure, yeah, they, so they popped think, hard for her. Oh, big time, big time. So, so I, I don't know what the if if we've seen anything from Sanity so far. It's not much. And they're definitely going to align her with Sanity in some respect. You'd think. I'm, I'm, the more we see the women's stuff evolve, revolve, evolve, revolution, uh, whichever it is, I think we're going to start to see some of the crossover. What I'm hoping will turn out like Lita with the Hardy Boys mm. uh, that we loved, right? And we saw women's matches with him and their with them in her corner, and vice versa. And I'm hoping that's what we get back to here 20 years later 
is we have sanity matches with Nikki in the corner, running interference, doing stuff where, that she's so been doing in NXT. Like, the, like they were in NXT. Yes, yes, exactly. Her doing like crossbody dives off the ring post. I don't know. Let's use that. Let's actually start to blend some of the intergender stuff with the factions because we can do that stuff now. How this is like a broken record. How many times are we going to be like, I want them to be what they were in NXT? Boo! All of That's, them. It's right. It's 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 a it's a recurring. I feel like a broken record. I wish that so and so was doing what they were doing in NXT. They did. It was so much better. Kind of sad that that has to be the case over and over and over again. WWE um, were run by the guy running NXT. Well, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, uh, I think there was something. There's another aspect of this I wanted to look at. Okay. And that was how incredibly like candy colored and baby face looking Candice LeRae was, like almost obnoxiously so. And I'm wondering if her losing here is a way to get her to start turning towards the dark side, like her hubby, yeah. Johnny Gargano. She has been having some very heelish things about her presentation over the last couple of weeks. So I'm wondering if this is just a storytelling decision and that's why she lost to Nikki here. Maybe. I mean, we talked about this three, four weeks ago. Uh, it was, is Candace going to go to support, go to the dark side with Johnny to, to support him. She was wearing black lipstick and doing some golf exactly. stuff, you know, yeah. and the confrontation with Lacey Evans uh, outside, you saw her get vicious a little bit and go after her. So I absolutely think that's still going to be the case. With Johnny, with what happened at Takeover, I think Johnny's only going to descend further. Candice is oh, going to yeah. go right down there with him. I hope. Yep. So I, I don't know if it's going to be against Nikki Cross. Um, I don't think so either. I think this is just like a psychological thing, and we'll see where she goes. Yeah, absolutely. So, at least that's why that's what I hope they do. Yeah. Uh, moving over to two oh five live, we had another Fallout show where Buddy Murphy, after uh, after beating up Mustafa Ali at Survivor Series, was gloating over the fact that he's still champ. And he is still unstoppable because he is the juggernaut, bitch. This uh, is so what I want to see out of Buddy Murphy. I, I know you oh, got yeah. the last couple of weeks I've been talking about, eh, I want to see a little more. This is the kind of stuff I wanted to see out of Buddy Murphy. Oh, yeah. And uh, again, he's still he's still buddy-buddy with Tony Nese, who had a match with Noam Dar, who came back. Uh, Noam Dar did lose, but that's because Murphy interfered. Now, I don't yep. know if that's... Because now, if we're looking at Dar getting into a program with uh, Buddy Murphy down the road here, I don't know if this is a... a um, how like how things are just going to work? Where you know Nice acts kind of like the barrier to getting to Buddy Murphy, but um, I do know that they did set up a tag match for next week. Mustafa Ali had a little segment where he's talking about how he's beaten but not broken. It's just going to make him stronger, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He promises he's going to be champ eventually, and then we also had a bit with Cedric Alexander, the former champ, who was saying that now that he's not losing anymore consistently, uh, he's feeling like he wants to build back up. So. Uh, DM the GM, Mr. Drake Maverick, potty pants himself, uh, booked a tag match, Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese versus Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali next week. And I don't know if that's going to end up having any kind of championship ramifications. I don't think it should. I think Murphy's got to move on to someone like Noam Dar and beat him consistently before getting back into a program with either Mustafa Ali or Cedric Alexander. But uh, that's just me. Yeah, I see Noam Dar potentially as the next one. Uh, he when he came back, he came back in hot, and it's unfortunate that he was distracted with TJP there. Even though they put they had some some really fun matches, they did. It was good stuff. Um, I, but I, I don't know that TJP TJP's down the road a ways. Uh, he's doing we, something else now anyway. You know what I mean? He's, he's off working Lucha House Party. Noam Dar, but I think Dar working. could be the next one to go up and face Murphy. If really he's not do. doing too much stuff in 
in in U, NXT UK, which he's he's in on as well. And they 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 tape that, and then they have a lot of time off to do other things, so he can split time on both brands, which is why I think that he should work Buddy Murphy because he can go have a good match with Buddy Murphy, look competitive, and lose, and it's it's not going to mess up his trajectory at all. Right, especially in NXT UK. Exactly, yeah. it's, which is almost a completely separate brand. Right. Um, we also had a match between a couple of enhancement guys and Akira Tozawa with Brian Kendrick, his new tag team partner, which is still weird to me. Um, so yeah, so Fidel Bravo and some other guy I didn't know were enhancement guys. They got beaten pretty handily by Tozawa and Kendrick. You had, uh, Drew Gulak and Jack Gallagher talking about it, uh, and saying that, oh, well, these guys, they're not as good as we are. We're a better tag team, blah, blah, blah. So we're still doing this feud. It's just not working for me. Yeah, I, this is I, six I like, months old at this point. I, I, I mean, aside from Akira Tozawa, I, even then, when they were when Kendrick was 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 with Gulak and Gallagher, I just it, they weren't really doing anything with it. And now see, this is just making it even more weird. And I don't, I still don't like it. I would actually argue that Kendrick, Gulak, and Gallagher were a good team. Agreed. I liked I like the three of them. The just you know what it is the the Brian Kendrick face turn isn't working. No, exactly. You know what I mean. Was, like and, the chemist- nor was it having them go against Lucha House Party every week for three months straight was old. That got a little old. Yeah. But it was it was a good match every time. It just got sure. a little old. But yeah, I just don't think that that Kendrick's a good face, and and especially when you put him next to Tozawa, who's just so naturally likable and fun. It's just you can it, it doesn't work. It doesn't gel. You know what I mean. So this is this is actually. One of the things I'm not liking about 205 right now, but I did like the main event. Lucha House Party now has moved on as working TJP and Mike uh, Bennett uh, Canellis. Excuse me. Uh, so yeah, we had a match between Grand Metalik and TJP. Great match. The yes. Classic, classic 205 flying around doing all kinds of crazy stunts match. Really great stuff. Uh, at the end, though, even though Grand Metalik does pull off the victory, Maria uh, Bennett uh, Canellis, whatever her name is. Is at the top of the ramp. She distracts everybody. Mike Canellis sneaks up on the from behind and smacks Lucha House Party and Grand Metalik with a chair. Um, do we see a third person being added to TJP and uh, Mike Bennett uh, Canellis and his whole thing, or is Maria the third member? Um, why can't she just be an advocate in the corner? Is well, is that what you're talking has- about? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like she kind of has been. She's so she's out there putting out there that she's like she's a. So you're talking about Mike Bennett teaming up with TJP with Maria Canellis in the corner. Is that well, that's, what, is, ar- that's already what's happening. I'm saying, is there another wrestler who's going to show up so we can have a three on three Lucha House Party versus the oh, three of them? I see what you're saying. Or does Maria fill that third role? I mean, because if, she's the, if Noam Dar and Buddy Murphy start going at it, throw Tony Nese in there. I mean, he could be uh, an interesting well, no, third heel member. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah I could see. But it, it would be someone that you'd want to get involved with this actual feud. So not they're not doing anything else anywhere else. You know what yeah. I mean? So I don't know. I don't you know. Like I don't, Tony Nese. <laughs> or, or, the, or this guy who's coming back next week who doesn't have anything to do right now. That's Hideo Itami. Ooh. So he's coming back next week. He's got nothing to do. And I could actually see him plugging right into this and being the – because up, up until now – Lucha House Party has had the edge all the time. And even though uh, Canellis and TJP are, are they're, they're pulling off some beatdowns, they're not winning. I could see a Tommy coming back into this and being a monster. So. If, if Lucha House Party brings the pinata out with like a picture of the Canellis baby on it. Oh, God. That would be just hilarious. That's heel shit it, right it's there. Almost you don't, you don't go for yeah, a man's it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go for a baby, dude. Leave the babies out of this. Oh, man. 
Yeah, even even if it's Birdie or Sky Monroe, you don't go for them, man. You know, don't, right. you don't you All don't right. go for the babies. Come on now. Uh, so that's it for two hundred five live. Heading over to New Japan, the Ooh, world, big weekend. The World Tag League is going on. We're right dead in the center of it. If you don't know what it is, it's kind of like the G one round robin tournament for tag teams and they sometimes just throw tag teams together you get some people that you don't often see doing anything else in new japan in this one so it's a lot of fun sometimes uh, it works sometimes it doesn't <laughs> that's very true there have been some good matches and there have been some stinkers but there uh, it's actually been overall very fun the current standings are not terribly surprising evil and sonata have not lost yet they have six points after three matches this is surprising Chucky e. T and Beretta, the best friends, 3 and 0 with 6 points, also the top of the card. Wow. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh the current champs, the tag champs, Gorillas of Destiny are at 2 and are 2 and 0 with their two matches for 4 points and of course the Killer Elite Squad also 2 and 0 with 4 points. So those are that's all the top of the card right now. Those are the top guys, the guys you would expect to be unbeaten. Uh Juice well, Robinson except and for the best friends. Well, that, that's true. Best friends, I'm shocked at. I, the other shock, Michael Elgin and Jeff Cobb are 0-3. They haven't won a match yet. Um, so, yeah, and the rest of the, the middle of the, all the rest of the middle card is kind of, I expect them to be there. So the, the winners of this, if it's not the current champs, if it's not Gorillas of Destiny, if they don't win this, then whoever wins this gets a shot at the champs at Wrestle Kingdom 13. So Evil and Sonata have won this before they're the logical ones to go and do this again. But to me, that would be a little redundant if they yeah. win this again. It would be fine. They're really good as a tag team, and it would give them something to freaking do at Wrestle Kingdom. But at the same time, it's like, eh, we've seen it. Well, we talk about the, so we talk about that. I got to say, I got to agree with you. The biggest surprise uh, of this whole thing so far is 0-3 Michael Elgin and, and Jeff Cobb. You would expect those two big bruisers to dominate pretty much anything that gets in front of them. The one I'm kind of I'm going to throw my wild card flyer out there. Zack Saber Jr. and Tai Chi seems like it's a really good pairing that works together. They're one and one right now, but they're one of the ones that I could see potentially doing a sneaky, um, a sneaky come from behind. Well, and Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yanu also one and one. They're True. they're they're always. I don't see them. I don't see either of those teams going all the way to the to the finals and winning it. But I could see them having a better run along yeah. the road but that's what they're there for that's the great thing about all these teams is you got some teams you look at and you go they're not doing nothing with them you got some that you're like ah they could run deep they're there to beat other people they're there to beat the spoilers um elgin and cobb i have a feeling i i haven't actually watched what their story is why they're losing like the way they are i don't know if they're they're working the angle that they don't like each other this year because that, that whole controversy last year with elgin talking smack about cobb legit uh but uh, yeah, I don't know. You think they end up feuding and, and having a match? I don't know. I, I really, I you know how you are. I'd with watch Nia, that. Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> oh, fine. But you know how you are with Nia Jax. That's how I am with Michael Elgin. I don't even like I seeing. It. I don't even like seeing him on my TV. Yeah. So if he's losing matches, I feel bad for Jeff Cobb. But at least Jeff Cobb's getting time in in New Japan with New Japan, meeting the brass, getting over there. You know, paying his dues. I would love to see Jeff Cobb go in there and have a nice run in New Japan. Michael Elgin can just go piss off. I really have yeah. no use for him. So, uh, also, uh, last little New Japan news here. We also had this announced, a never open weight match uh, for the belt at the finals of the World Tag League. It's going to be on December 9th. What? Kota Ibushi versus Hiroki Goto. So, Goto can either be a really good, exciting wrestler, or he can be just be stone-cold boring. 
I think he'll get a good match out of Ibushi. I think Ibushi will give him a good match. I also think Ibushi should beat him for the belt. Goto has kind of had it on and off all year. He's been kind of the placeholder for it. Ibushi going into uh, Wrestle Kingdom with that belt would be hot. And pretty much anyone you put with him, it would be a hot match. So yep. I think, I think I this is that. smart. Given that they just took it off of Taishi again, which I don't know what the heck happened there. <laughs> I, you know, that was just bizarre. You know, I don't want to... So that was one of the things that played into my sneaky thing with Zack Sabre and Tai Chi. I'm wondering if they're going to give them a shot at the tag uh, tag titles. I can see Zack Sabre getting a shot at the tag titles. I can't see it with Tai Chi. I really? really? I cannot. Okay. I cannot. And also, that would be a heel versus heel match. Uh, like, yeah, like, that's true. Like, just really heel. Because Grills of Destiny are really heel right now. Yeah, and And Zack Sabre Jr. and Suzuki-Gun are... They are heels. So, <laughs> if the, anything, they're going to team up with uh, with gorillas. And yeah, right. Just cause mayhem. Yes, very. That un- I'd be in. For, I'd be down for that all day. I am always down for a little Suzuki gun mayhem. And yeah, <laughs> I I with gorillas of destiny. I just love Tamatanga talking smack. That's just, he's one of my my favorite smack talkers in the world these days. He might be my favorite person on social media right now. Oh my god! Yeah, R rated though. <laughs> Don't let your kids. Yeah. Don't let your kids follow. Spo- warning, kids. Woo! Parental advisory. <laughs> Man, uh, and don't piss him off the audience. He'll choke you. He'll legit choke yeah. you. He'll see him punk you. Uh, moving over to mixed match challenge. We are into the quarterfinals. We've got two more episodes, and then we're going to have the finals. So two more episodes of the quarterfinals, and then the semifinals, and then the finals. So uh, three more episodes, and before the finals, excuse me, the quarterfinals right now, December. Uh, so November twenty seventh and December fourth. We get the quarterfinals. Uh, the first episode will be Ember Moon and to be announced because obviously Braun Strowman is out versus right. Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox. And then also Finn Balor and Bailey versus Bobby Lashley and Mickey James. Who do you have in those matches, sir? Uh, I'm going to go Finn Balor and Bailey. And I don't know who they're going to put with Ember Moon. Um I just I have no there's there's nobody left that I can think of that hasn't already competed. I got you. Okay, El- Elias. Oh, okay. I, I'm in for Elias. that. Elias, he's a face right now, and he's super over. And also, as I will explain in a second, I think that might be the team that takes it because uh, I agree. I think I think Finn Balor and Bailey as well. Although Bobby Lashley and Mickey James might pull off a dastardly victory given who they're going to be facing the following week. Uh, the next week, we've got the SmackDown Live brands. We've got uh, Jeff Hardy and Charlotte Flair versus R-Truth and Carmella, and then Miz and Asuka versus Jimmy Uso and Naomi. I don't know about you. These look like easy picks to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, Charlotte and Miz and Asuka. Yeah, Jeff Hardy, Charlotte. Jeff Hardy Miz doesn't even Absolutely. need to be there. <laughs> at, this, at this point, I think you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see it going to uh, Ember Moon and Elias. Uh, Jeff Hardy, Charlotte, Ms. Oscar, and probably Finn Balor and Bailey. Although, uh, although I would not be surprised if you saw Lashley and Mickey James pick up a surprise win, going as heels to the finals. Have Archer's and Carmella won any of their matches? They did win one. Yes. Oh, okay. They I, I thought they would in. be kind of the comedy. They would sneak them in just to keep them in long term to keep the comedy going. They would have them win a couple of them here and there. But no, I, they did. They did win one. Let me look at my gender, notes. No, they beat they beat Lana and Rusev, Lana and who Rusev. went Owen. That's right. Who went Owen four, and then on the uh, <laughs> yeah, poor Rusev. Rusev Day. Oh my the God! Sun, how far you have fallen. The sun has set on Rusev Day. Oh man. Uh, 
We're officially now on the day after Rusev Day. Uh, yeah, and then on the, the raw apo- size. It's gone apocalyptic. It's the Natalia, end times. Natalia went 0-4 with her team of Kevin Owens and Bobby Roode, who also is not looking wah, so glorious. Wah. Wah, wah, not looking so glorious these days, I'm afraid. So, yeah, uh, I, I definitely I, I think I see Ember Moon picking up the whole thing with uh, with Elias, if that's who it is. Cool. So, or Miz and Oscar. It's, it's an out, not an outside chance that they could uh, double down, True. do it twice. Well, there That'd we go, fun. guys. Uh, that is most of the show, though, uh, as a part of Thanksgiving, and mostly because Nick forgot to put up the post this week. We did a happy Thanksgiving no. Black Friday edition free-for-all for listener questions, no. and we got a couple in sneaky at the last second. Great questions from our listeners. First, Dominic Jacques. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Happy Thanksgiving happy to Thanksgiving. you as well, Dominic. What do you guys think about NXT UK? There's still a lot of development to do, but shall we expect an impact on the main roster similar to the one we've gotten with, quote, regular NXT, Ian? No. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't expect to see any kind of uh, main roster effect from NXT UK. You may eventually see some people crossing over, but it's more, mostly like, like going to be like Noam Dar crossing over to 205 Live this week. Um, largely because most of them are they're not they're not on that radar what nxt uk is is they're um they're looking at this like a territory system they're looking at this as an experiment for a territory system and this is their first foray into that you're going to start seeing nxt india nxt japan nxt canada nxt mexico i have a feeling that's what they're going for and nxt uk is their first attempt at that their first shot at that so i don't think it's going to be quite like nxt which will stay kind of like the final proving grounds for indie talent and homegrown talent um but you may see people from these other territories end up getting called to the main roster if they're particularly talented like tony storm it might but i don't think it's gonna be quite as direct a system as the current nxt yeah, I think that, that uh, NXT is the the consequence, good or bad, of um, what they tried to do with Tough Enough, and I think what they built around having you know, it was the publicizing of the background that we you know the the Oz, the behind the curtains of the developmental system of WWE to bring up superstars to dare I say manufacture these superstars. So yeah. NXT became a thing. Because of a, a crazy harebrained idea that Triple H had about, hey, why don't we just make a show out of this? Why don't we this? just stick OVW and and Tough Enough together, basically? Right, exactly. Because remember, so, originally, originally NXT was a game show. It was essentially it was like it was like a you know people were competing in events. You know, you had Daniel Bryan trying to do the monkey bars, and you had Titus O'Neil falling while carrying a keg. You had stuff like that. You know what I mean? Which so, would pay off many years later. But you know, anyway, I don't they, know if you call that paying off. I, <laughs> I'm <laughs> tripping on the oh, ramp. Anyway, my, my point about NXT UK is there's minimum 20 different venues in the UK, meaning England, Scotland, and Ireland, that you could send this circus to, I'll do air sure. quotes, constantly and just give these guys practice and yeah. features and collect money and pay for the entire thing. And work, work them in the WWE system. Within the, w, within the UK, not yeah. having to go anywhere else. So yeah, I completely when, agree this is Ohio Valley Wrestling or the North or Smoky Mountain Wrestling or any of those developmental territories that we saw back in the 80s kind of modernized with what they've absolutely. done with NXT. 
And, it's, and they have so much indie talent all over the world, and this is their way of in, indoctrinating them into the WWE style. When they took over Evolve, they gave them a list of things that they couldn't couldn't do anymore. Evolve couldn't have any pile drivers anymore, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So there will be that that list of things, and if anyone wants to get that WWE paycheck, you go and work an NXT UK, uh, or you can stick with World of Sport and not know if you're going to get a check the next week. Yeah, good week. luck. So. <laughs> Second question, uh, Dominic, thank you for that. Eric Elledge. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Eric, do you guys think we will ever see an all-women's, I'm assuming, takeover War Games match? I could even, I mean, they might even call War Games up to the main roster if it keeps getting, you know, as as cool as it is. Here's the thing. We were talking about this on on the takeover recap show where they're going to need to keep novelty going in the War Games match or it's going to get old really quickly. They're not going to be able to keep doing it every year and have us keep being excited and keep finding new things to do. Could I see an all-women's women's war games match? Yes, but it's the same thing like a woman's hell in the cell or any other kind of match like that, where you don't see a lot of women who have the skills to do those kinds of matches because they never work those kinds of matches, you know, whether it's a cage match or anything like that, it would take a lot of training. Is it possible? Absolutely. Should they do it? I would love to see it. I'd watch the hell out of that. Uh, but they would definitely have to do a lot of training and a lot of work to get that match to work if they were to do it. Yeah, if you had asked me five years ago if we would have a women's Royal Rumble match or a women's Survivor Series match or a women's Hell in a Cell match, I probably would have said, nah, nobody wants to see that shit. Look at Whoops. what it's turned into. Because I was a cynic. Even You'd back be wrong. then. You'd I, be very wrong. Right. And So do I think that is it, what was the question? Do you guys think we will ever see one? Man, I hope so. Yeah. That's I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, because I, I we've seen all of the other formats and they've all over delivered. Well, I and think. to and to your point, like I was cynical too because of how you know just crap the WWE women's division was, the divas division was at the time. Well, at like, the height oh, yeah. of it, it was AJ Lee and uh, you know Paige when she was first. That was on. the height. That, that was, was the, that was the that top. Was as good as, that was as good as it got. And look at where we've come since then. And that was like a that was a precursor. That was a pre-echo of where it went. And unfortunately, neither of those women are working either in the WWE or in anymore. They're unable to. Yeah, it's two bags. Both of them are are fantastic. AJ Lee needs to get way more credit than she does, but WWE is petty. But this actually, it's funny. We have a few more questions that are up on Facebook that were made while we were recording the show. Okay, so we cool. Can sneak, we can sneak these in too. Yeah. Um, this next question actually relates to that. It's from Josh Cowdell. Excuse me if I screwed up your name. How many more weeks before Vince screws Becky's character up? Because we all because <laughs> because we we all know it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, you want to give an over under on this, Nick? <laughs> I'm going to put the line at Royal Rumble. Okay, you think? Wow, you're you're taking a you're taking a deep one. Yeah, because I, I think it's going to be near impossible for not near impossible. Let me put it this way. She is so organically over that there will be literal revolt. People will stand up and turn their backs. There will be V masks that appear in the crowd. <laughs> mean B masks? Sure. No, I'm talking about the V for Vendetta. I, I know. You know was, what I'm talking I can't remember the guy's on. name. But, Work right. with me here. V. Right. His name's V in V for Vendetta. So anyway, oh, I, oh, you. We're right. gonna we're gonna see the the occupy movement in a completely different way than Daniel Bryan did it. Right. Uh, if if they start taking this down a, a path that we don't want it to go down, 
And, but, I mean, is it possible for them to screw it up? Absolutely. They've proved time after time that they can totally screw something up. I don't remember the last time somebody was this organically over, regardless of what the character was. Sure. Absolutely. No, it's, 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 a, it's another level for sure. Oh, and by the way, Guy Fox. I just realized that's who you're asking, not, not V. Thank you. Yes, the yeah, Fox. Yeah, no worries. No yeah. worries. Um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll take it. Here's the thing. <laughs> How soon could he screw it up? He could screw it up starting next week when she comes back on TV. He could screw it up right then. It's, I don't think it's Vince, though. It's also Road Dog and all the other creative on SmackDown more than anything. Vince is, is a little bit more hands-off with SmackDown. Um, he gets general direction tips, but uh, they, they do the day-to-day. So, and Road Dog is the one who notoriously came out and accused the fans of not getting the Becky character when he initially tried to turn <laughs> her heel. So... How soon could Road Dog screw it up? As soon as next week. Yeah. Uh, stay off Twitter, Road Dog. Don't do I it, will, man. I will say uh, the make or break, we'll, we'll know if they're going on the right path or not by TLC. We'll know by then. That's so next, we next might even know weeks, as soon as Tuesday in a few days. We just, we just did a whole segment on how terrified we are about this whole thing. Yep. So yeah, this could go south real too sweet. Uh, but hopefully, I mean, because <laughs> apparently... Vince is very high on Becky and her work and the character. He's he's very proud of her for grabbing his legendary brass ring. Uh, he he he's openly said she grabbed the brass ring on this. So I have a feeling he'll want to be more protective of that character. If that's the case, whether or not he knows what to do with it is, I think Josh's question here, and yeah. we will see. Uh, we've also got one from Callum Slocum who says, Happy Thanksgiving from across the pond. Thank hey, you, sir. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank happy, you. Guy, happy, happy Guy Fox Day coming up, too. Right. Uh, <laughs> just, just had, we just had a Guy Fox Day a little while back. So happy Guy Fox Day. Um, what are your thoughts on comedy matches and promotions such as DDT and YMZ? Want to take this one first, sir? Um, they have their place. Okay. It, it's not something that I'm particularly attuned into. Uh, it's not something that I go out in search of. Right. It's not. Uh, it's not a format that I. You know. I, the probably the closest thing is the the one that's on the network. Uh, what's it? Slope? Not slob. Oh, so, uh, uh, Southpaw. Uh, Southpaw. Yeah. Which is yeah. that's a that's not. I, I wouldn't even think that would be considered what he's talking about, which is an actual comedy promotion where the whole thing they're just do they just do comedy matches, but they're actual matches. Southpaw is more like just almost like a satire. You know. I'm an ECW hardcore guy uh, right. at, at, at my core, and I want to see I want to see big sweaty dudes beating the shit out of each other. If New Day wants to come out and hit people with a turkey every now uh, and then, I'm okay with that. Sure, but that's just uh, the com. I mean, Fandango it, and, and and Tyler Breeze right. doing the the Fashion Police. That was all a good time. That's about my you my like taste a, of it. You like a little bit of corn in your buffet, but you don't want a plate full of corn. Is what you're right. saying? Okay. Right. Um, I, it'd be I, a little corny. That's, yeah, that's, no! that's kind of what I was trying to say, dude. Oh, um, it? okay. That's uh, it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're, we'll get there. Uh, actually I'm not, I'm not too far off from you. I, I, everything I've seen come out of DDT. I love, I love, I laugh at it. You know, Kota Ibushi and, and Sami Zayn fighting in canoes on a small Creek. You know, I love, I love the, the Kaiju big battle where it's, it's these, you know, big Kaiju monsters fighting in a ring. I love Joey Janela fighting the invisible man. I love that kind of stuff, but I, I don't know if I could see a whole night of that. At a certain point, it would become so ironic that I just I would, I would check out. It's good when it is kind of salted into other things, 
but um, to have too much of it, just like if I had a whole night full of death matches at a certain point, I'd, I would tune out to it. You know what I mean? I, I think WWE... It's fun when I see them in my Facebook feed for five minutes and I sure. watch them and that's kind of... All right. You know, but I, I, like a, I like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And that's where that's one thing where, you know, the idea behind a lot of the WWE shows where you have a buffet, a smorgasbord, as Vince McMahon would say, of all these different kinds of matches and styles of matches. That's when it's done well. That is the ideal because you can then get all these, you know, you have a loot, you have a lucha mask uh, match, excuse me, lucha match and a, a comedy match and a hardcore match. Like, I love that. You know, and when you have that on a show, we have a lot of different things. I never know what I'm going to get. It's always exciting. Um, but again, I do like the fact that there are whole promotions out there that are just doing that relentlessly, trying to get that out there because God damn, it's a lot of fun when you do see it when it's done right. It really? It's, is. it's one of the things I praise Lucha Underground for doing is having so many different like stipulation or format matches. Yeah. Uh, so Hell of War match or Cerro Miedo match or yeah. you have the uh, Grave Consequences match. In all, they have names for all of them and they all mean something. Right. I'll I'm all this, in on that stuff. Yeah. I, I, I also, I'll put it this way. I don't like too much irony in my wrestling or comedy, um, but I'm by no means Jim Cornette. I don't think it breaks the business. I think it's actually a lot of fun. It's very creative and very, and uh, yeah, just it's fun. It's freaking fun. Let's just have fun with it. Like we don't have to be sitting here like an old crotchety old old cornet being like it breaks the business. <laughs> with a, no. a, insert f bombs. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I didn't have enough f bombs. We try not. To, <laughs> we try. We try to keep the f bombs to a minimum on the show. Yeah. Uh, another question from Nicholas Allen Yates: Do you think when they move SmackDown to Fox, there will be a major shakeup to get the big talent to SmackDown? Ooh, good question. Um. I don't know how the dynamic of the shakeup system that we're accustomed to is going to work when each of the brands are owned and run by separate major networks. I think that's going to bring something different, at least in the back end of things, to the table. And it's going to be interesting for me, I mean, because we're going into 2019 here in a, in a month. It's it's going to be 10 months until all of this becomes real. Sure. We're going to start watching SmackDown on Fox. Mm-hmm. Not on USA. On that's Friday. A, that's on Friday. Friday night prime time, guys. Yeah. So this is a big deal. I, I don't. We don't have any indication of what's the what are the rosters going to look like. Are they going to change? Is there going to be some kind of draft? I'll, are are NBC and Fox going to cooperate with each other? I'll actually add. An, I'll add another little thing that you didn't mention. Will the creative teams be shaken up because Vince McMahon will be driving straight into the, doing his football league, the XFL, at that time. Is there going to be a shakeup to the point where Vince is stepping away from WWE to go work on XFL right around that same time? Does, does that Triple mean, H take over the helm? And and at that point, you exactly. Know? Does 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 some of the people that have been sitting here working other stuff do they start getting called up into higher positions of power? So there's a please lot, let that happen. <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, so, that is a fantastic question. Uh, that is one that for the next twelve months. We're probably going to talk about more yeah. and more. I think uh, there will especially be. once we get past mania and we get into the summer. Yeah. And now all that stuff starts to become real. I think you're, we're going to talk about that a lot more next summer. I, I think to, to put a simple answer to the question, yes. I think they're absolutely going to shake this up. And it's going to depend on what they think is now the A show and what they want to have the most eyes on, who they want to have the most eyes on. I have the feeling that their top talent will go to the primetime network on Friday nights. But, uh, you know, we'll see what that means. On that time of the year, or what they do with it, so it's a lot yeah, of. I think lot that's of, a more 
how, how much backroom boardroom stuff mm-hmm. is happening between NBC and Fox to facilitate yeah. the the shakeup system kind of stuff between Raw and SmackDown at this point. A lot of variables, a lot of variables in place there. Uh, finally, a question from Brandon Ferris. He says, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Brandon. Happy Thanksgiving, Brandon. Since the bubble popped on Lars and Nikki getting called up, who else will make a main roster debut before WrestleMania? Ooh, six months. A lot can happen. I would say who I, the next question for me would be who's going to be our surprise entrance into the Royal Rumble matches. I think that's um, where we're going to see the people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's between now and WrestleMania. That's that's six months, man. Wait, there's a lot can happen there. <laughs> um, I, I think yep. Lars, obviously, if, if I, it probably will be a Royal Rumble debut. Uh, if we see him before then, I will frankly be surprised. I think you'll see them. Uh, I think you'll see him before then. I really do. Interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the under on that. Um, I think Nikki Cross, we're going to see more of her on the main roster. Uh, I think potentially Aleister Black. I think he may move on from NXT uh, at this point. But I, I, short of that, I, that's kind of all I got right now. Uh, I think everybody that's in NXT, at least on TV, is involved in something. And, and I don't know if they're ready for prime time right now. I, I think Aleister Black is probably a really good call, especially because SmackDown is in need of some faces. And he would fit in really well over there right now. Um, I could see Alistair coming to SmackDown. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, in my experience, you get a couple of debuts at the Royal Rumble or you know, people show up. Whether or not they stick around is another thing. But the day for people to really debut is the Monday after WrestleMania. That's when yes. most of that happens. So unless these people show up at the Royal Rumble, you ain't going to see them probably until after WrestleMania. So, and I'm not seeing anybody right now who's like ready to make the jump. I think Alistair is the only one off the top of my head I can think of in the men's division. Maybe I'll, like I'll, Lacey I'll throw a flyer or flyer Lacey Evans uh, yeah. in the women's Royal Rumble match. Uh, or uh, maybe a Shayna Baszler. Nah, Shayna's got too much going on. Shayna's got too much going on still in NXT. Yeah. I think that four horsewomen of MMA thing could be real sooner than we think. I think that's going to happen after WrestleMania, to be honest with you. Okay. That's when I think that's going to happen. That's a lot to orchestrate. Yeah, I, I kind of, th- yeah, you might be right because there's too much going on already kind of committed, with, especially with the ladies uh, going into WrestleMania. That, I think they've already mapped all that out and it's now just now getting through the next five to six months. But yeah, I, I think you're right. Probably after Mania. Yeah, that's, that's, that's when I'm seeing the timing working for that. So those are our questions, Nick. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you, everyone who submitted questions this week. I'm getting them in last minute, too. That was awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that. that's my bad. Uh, thanks, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Get a free week. Uh, but if for going forward, if you want to get in on listener questions and have us address your questions right here on the show every single week, one time, $5 a month, you can get it in patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that $5 tier. Get copies of the show notes from every episode and get your listener questions in as long as I remember to post something there for you to put them in. <laughs> for the cost of a Big Mac. For the cost of a couple of cups of coffee. Well, let's, uh, let's take this show home here, Nick, and get to our other news lightning round segment. Oh, beep, 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 All right. So in case you weren't aware, Starcade is this Saturday. There's basically, huh? it's a glorified house show at this point, which is too bad, but they will be doing a one-hour special on things that went down, which will be airing on the network on Sunday, uh, including Ms. TV with Nakamura and Ray on it, Ray Mysterio on it, so... Hey, cool. I, I'm very curious to see what they do with that. I don't know why. I think I know why they're not actually showing the whole thing because there'll probably be some kayfabe breaking matches or ones that they don't want to have in canon for the regular show. But uh, yeah, I, I'll be curious to watch the one hour special and see what they do with that. Uh, we mentioned this briefly earlier. David Arquette, former WCW champion, David Arquette. 
Uh, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, it's, well, it's what he is. Yeah, I it's, know. it's what he is. Um, for, former former Mister Courtney Cox, David Arquette wrestled a death match in L.A. at Joey Janela's L.A. Confidential uh, night, and it was uh, he almost died. He took a piece of glass to the neck. Like some, like he has never wrestled a death match before. The guy's barely wrestled. He's put in a lot of work getting better at wrestling. He's no Stephen Amell yet, but he's getting better. But the dude was in a damn death match, and those are tough matches to work. And he took a light bulb, one of the fluorescent light bulbs, took it to the neck, and they had to kind of fudge the ending really quick. And he ran off to get stitches because he was bleeding freaking everywhere. I've seen the pictures from this thing. It looked it looked gruesome. The dude got messed up. Uh, he was there because he was a replacement for Joey Ryan, who, as we know, is, has a broken leg. Uh, and it was a match against Nick Gage. So David Arquette apologized to the wrestling community. He said he's sorry for screwing it up. It is his fault. He takes full responsibility for it. He's not going to do a death match ever again, but he will be trying to wrestle some more. Also, yeah, that check a- that off the bucket list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> forever. Uh, also, at that event, Marco Stunt got injured. Uh, he broke his leg. Taking a, a Canadian What's destroyer, that I breaking think. their legs. I don't know, man. It's well, yeah. Joey Janela, it just is cursed right now. I don't want to say it. Knocking yeah. wood, man. Stop at getting. Least, at least Joey Ryan didn't break his third leg. You know, but um, it's impossible to break that, Nick. You should know that by now. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what's, what else. Everyone's getting injured. Speaking of injuries, Hiromu Takahashi on Twitter said he's at ninety three percent and expects to be back soon, but being reported by the Wrestling Observer and Dave Meltzer that there is no timetable, and it's being actually reported that Hiromu may never wrestle again. They don't really know what his rehab is going to look like. So two different stories about Hiromu's uh, recovery there. I really hope Hiromu's story is correct because it would be really sad if a guy that talented were to go out like this. We're sending so you many Daryls, Hiromu. Uh, many Daryls. I am literally sitting next to a Daryl right now. Oh, so I'm hoping that that Hiromu uh, gets gets well quickly. Um, this is going to disturb you, Nick, but Lars Sullivan is in a little bit of hot water for a, a scandal on the message boards. Apparently, back in the day, he was a I mean, he, he looks like a troll, but apparently he actually was a troll on bodybuilding.net. Uh, he had a, a, a name disenfranchised was his username on there. I like that. That's cool. Uh, well, what's not cool is the stuff he said, including multiple racist and bullying comments, uh, he, homophobic comments about Philip Rivers, and uh, he openly admitted to liking the white power band, the Blue Eyed Devils, and said one of their songs, Denying the Holocaust, was particularly good. Oh, no. At one point, he said that Stephanie McMahon... Uh, he, 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 had, he had masturbated to a Stephanie McMahon video, which is what he's getting in trouble for now, apparently. Uh, he also said that KFC was, quote, lower class food. Now, that's obviously a little bit of a stretch to make that a racist thing, but given some of the other things that he said, it's not that much of a stretch. because of, I mean, I love KFC. Don't get me wrong. Because of context. Yeah. Um, I'm going to quote one of the things he had on there as El Perfecto, which is one of his other uh, names on there, and this has been confirmed. This was in April 2011. Uh, he said, some blacks want to take advantage of their great-grandparents' misfortunes, and they want a piece of the pity pie. Instead of taking some personal responsibility, they choose to attack the white man and say we must take care of them financially. Oh, no. Oh, Lars. Lars. Oh, Lars. Dude! What are you doing? Uh, now, some people are, are, of course, coming to his defense. I don't know how you defend any of that. Who, who Hulk Hogan? But um, Hey! 
Uh, but uh, people saying it was taken out of context or that it, you know, the, it was speculative as to whether or not these people were actually him, even though pictures of him were posted on these sites. Um, so yeah, people are, people, uh, people are saying it's a hit job by ringsidenews.com who is really running with the story and trying to dig up as much from his history as possible. But it's really hard to ignore that, the, <laughs> that this is out there now. <laughs> How have they confirmed that it was him as these personalities on message boards? They have his IP address per, uh, confirmation. His, his name and picture were, were posted along with the with the with the user. Okay. So again, it was. So they're also saying this was over ten years ago for some of this, and some of it was five years ago. And he's a different man now, which is you know. The I'll, classic. I'll say this: I, I am a. I don't excuse anything that was said or posted. But I'm definitely an innocent until proven guilty sure. kind of guy. Yep. Everybody deserves their day in court. Just because somebody is publicly outing something doesn't mean that they're, you know, guilty by public decree. Which is why I'm 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 saying both sides of the story is that some people are saying that Ringside News is gunning for Lars. Um, but you know, so far what I'm saying is it doesn't look good for him. Yeah, so, that, this is not a good look. At to all. be to be continued, but right now it doesn't look good. Other news, Impact is looking for a new TV deal in 2019. They're looking at WGN, True TV. USA's going to need some. Sci-fi. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're going to need 100,000 people a week from Impact, though. So we'll Oof. see We'll see what they what they They're going to have to advertise to somebody because what else have they got? Mr. Robot. Oh, no, they quit making it. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, so let's see. Yeah, they, they're currently on Pop TV. That deal does not expire until they let it go. So they'll be on Pop TV until they get, get they go somewhere else. They're, they're basically fishing right now. Uh, if 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 they have learned anything from WWE, do the online network thing and let us pay ten bucks a month to watch your stuff. They do. Impact's already online. You can do that. I, I understand, but they don't need to go out and expend a bunch of money and try to get these TV deals with with cable networks. When TVs just, are willing to pay a wrestling company a billion dollars, you go out and see what you can get, man. Okay, I'm just saying that's if you can even get a fraction of that, like WWE apples and oranges. WWE did it. Um, Brutus Beefcake, remember him? Buddy of Hulk yeah. Hogan's, he no-showed. The last few shows of a tour with Canadian Wrestling Elite got called out online by a few different people. Uh, CWE says he was paid, and he skipped out on the shows. Brutus came back and said that uh, it's fake news. He totally denies it, but totally doesn't give any data or evidence to show that he wasn't paid. He just says, I was paid what I was owed. Doesn't explain anything else. So a little bit of a, a beef going on there. Okay. Down in Mexico, a wrestler named Cuervo took a legit cinder block to the back of his head in a PALL match uh, right near Mexico City from a wrestler named Angel o Demonio. Angel o Demonio. Angel or Devil? Angel or Devil? I think he's a devil because he hit you in the back of the head with a legit cinder block, sent you to the hospital, and he's still in hospital. He's got a blood clot in his head, and AOD has been suspended from wrestling in Mexico State for right now. As he should be, like in the the entire country of Mexico, he can't wrestle. Uh, from what I read in the article, it was uh, the state of Mexico. Mexico has different states, you know, Jalisco and Oaxaca. Oh, sure. So Mexico State, he's now suspended from wrestling. Okay. So it could be the whole country, but I read state. But he should be, man. What are you doing? You hitting a guy with a brick? Like we've seen, we've seen some. It wasn't even one of those like Hollywood prop cinder no. blocks, exploding Wait, cinder uh, blocks. Cage put the max head through a cinder block in the first uh, season of, of Lucha Underground, and you could tell it was plaster. What are you yeah. doing with using a real one? Come on, man! <laughs> uh, big match announced. Big match announced. Rev Pro. They get all the good matches. 
They have announced Zach Sabre Jr. versus Pack on January 6th. Good Ooh. Lord. The former Neville versus Zach Sabre Jr. January 6th on Rev Pro. I cannot wait. I also can't wait for Edge and Christian's show that totally reeks of awesomeness because it's back next week. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. And that is the news, Nick. Yes, that is the other news. We have run way over here, uh, I think. <laughs> Thank you for all the uh, awesome listener questions. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. And that's our show. Thank you for recapping those quick news. And as always, you can join us in the Facebook discussion group. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Send me a join request, and we will get you in there ASAP for some weekly discussions across all of the major shows as well as pay-per-views. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast and hit us up on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open, where we will post new videos and be going live again very, very soon as we get some new desks, if the deities allow it. And last but certainly not least, if you want to support this show and show us your love, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our awesome tiers from $5 to $10 bonus episodes, show notes, Chats with us, all kinds of good stuff there. That's patreon.com slash BWO. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. Oh my God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.